Good morning again, everybody. I'm Daniel McCartan here with you guys until 6 a.m. This is a back-to-back, the second game of the back-to-back doubleheader this weekend. We'll be talking all things New York sports with you, hopefully, <laughs> until 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps. Coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio, as always, in lower Manhattan. We're going to be together a lot tonight till 6 a.m. I have Maruful behind the glass. He's ready, willing, and able to take your phone calls tonight. You know that number, 877-337-6666. Hey, let's load up with your best content only. And listen, I understand um, that, that many of you weren't able to get through last night. But I'm telling you, tonight is your night. I'm all ears. Let's do it. Get on the phone. And I've already told you guys, and i told you many times, that I love tuning into the broadcasts of other cities when, when big news breaks in them. I did it, as you know, when the Patriots lost to the Titans. I told you that in the wild card round this season. I mean, the sky might have been falling in Boston that night. Boston radio needed to be talked off the ledge. Their team lost in the wild card for the first time in ever, it seemed. Their quarterback, Tom Brady, will never be wearing a Patriots uniform again because of it. Oh, it was great. I should have made some popcorn, to be honest with you. So I told you last night that on Friday I tuned into the local Houston station to hear their take on their team being implicated in the biggest cheating scandal in the history of professional baseball. <laughs> that, too, did not disappoint. Some of the quotes from the Clint Storner show on our radio.com affiliate, Sports Radio 610, maybe the first 10 minutes of his show. Quote, the rest of the MLB should be sending the Astros Valentine's Day cards because they are not the only ones doing it across the league. They were just caught, and now they're the face of it. Oh, I'm sorry, but how many videos of other teams have you seen using an elaborate cheating scheme? Oh, that's right. No other teams. Also, he said... People should be sending them cards because the Astros cleaned up baseball. It's clean now. Oh, I'm sorry. If the Houston team didn't soil the game to begin with, then what would be there to clean up? He also said, I'm also tired of these other teams moaning and he used the B word, I-N-G, about the Astros. I'm sorry. But when the entire league hates you, isn't it you? Clint Sterno also said, In my opinion, Carlos Correa grew up, he matured, and he knocked it out of the park with how he handled it. Right. This Correa, were we watching the same thing? He said, this is a quote from Correa, whoever the anonymous source is that's saying that we felt intimidating, that's straight up BS, and he used the real word. Hmm, okay. So here's what I did for you guys, my very special, very loyal WFAN listeners in the greatest city in the world and beyond. I brought for you tonight a very special guest, Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 in Houston, Texas, the flagship home of the Astros. He hosts a lot of the pre-Astros pre- and post-game shows, and he is very in tune with this Astros team. And I think you know me by now. Trust me. I will leave no stone unturned when we get him on the air tonight. I think we, I think we settled on the 3 o'clock hour. Um, I could double-check for you on that, but... I'm going to ask him about, is there fear in and around Houston that a new investigation may open into the 19s, 2019's wearable technology claims? And I'm wondering if I should just, if I should say this now, because, you know, maybe he's going to research some of the answers here or come up with some good ones. But, you know, the Astros, they always like when things are going to come at them before they come. So maybe I should continue. 
I'm going to ask him about the object that flew off of Robinson Chirinos' bat. I'm going to ask him about Carlos Correa's most recent comments on MLB Network Saturday morning. I'm going to ask him the age-old question. Has Chris ever seen Jose Altuve's terrible shoulder tattoo? Has Dusty Baker, is he really worried about retaliation? Is that a valid concern? Don't worry, New York and beyond. I got you. I'm very excited for that interview. And in the closing of last night's show, John Mingo and I were talking about which team would be the first to give out a garbage can promotion when the Astros come to town. Well, ask and you may receive. I had a DM three minutes later from at that AADO guy sending me an article from the USA Today, believe it or not, from, from February 14th, saying that the Staten Island Yankees are holding a mini garbage can promotion for the game against the Houston affiliate team. The first 500 fans in attendance, by the way, on September 3rd, get one. And speaking of the Astros... The gift that keeps on giving to the baseball world is Carlos Correa. Like, this guy can't keep his mouth shut. The most recent thing is, he said, whatever people have to say, we have to take it on the chin. Well, honestly, they might be taking it on the chin in more ways than one because, like I just said, brand new manager Dusty Baker is concerned about pitchers throwing at his players when they step into the batter's box. He's urging MLB to take measures to protect his Astros at the plate. Dusty doesn't deserve this, man. So now let me get this straight. Pitchers that throw at the Astros will receive more of a punishment than any player on that team that uses a systematic, algorithm-based cheating system to win a World Series. Does that make sense to anyone listening right now? Dodgers' Alex Wood said, somebody will take it into their own hands, and they'll get suspended in more games than any of those guys got for the biggest cheating scandal in 100 years. I'm sure that's how it'll end up playing out. But Baker does have a valid concern. There have been pitchers hinting that they'll police the game on their own terms. Among the first to say it was Indians' Mike Clevenger. He said, I think players will deal with it in the way it should be across the league. I don't think it's going to be a comfortable few at-bats for a lot of those boys, and it shouldn't be. They shouldn't be comfortable. Red starter Trevor Bauer went on an eight-minute rant after everything else he's already said. And he said, I'm not going to let them forget the fact that they are hypocrites and that they are cheaters. Dodgers' Ross Stripling says, I would lean towards yes in the right time and the right place. Correa on Mike Fires says, this is, this is today, well, Saturday. Mike Fires, man, he was our teammate and he decided to break out the story. But what I have to say is that he should tell the truth. He should tell the whole world the truth. Um, wait a minute. Wasn't the Fires telling the truth? Isn't that the whole reason why we're in this situation to begin with? After Rob Manfred allegedly disregarded 10 to 12 teams' letters about your team's cheating scandal? Oh, okay. Probably the best thing out of Correa's mouth was the reason why Jose Altuve didn't want his shirt ripped off after hitting that home run against her oldest Chapman to send his team to the World Series. A situation for the second, for for the record. Gary Sanchez said he wouldn't even care if his pants were even ripped off. Uh, Well, no thanks on that one. But anyway... The reason Correa gave was he's got an unfinished tattoo on his collarbone that honestly looked terrible. It was a bad tattoo, and he didn't want anybody to see it. Oh, no, he didn't want nobody to see it. He didn't want to show it at all. Cue that crickets track. Is that for real? You mean to tell me a guy that earned $5 million base salary couldn't find a good tattoo artist or even ask Josh Reddick for his? 
I tweeted that TMZ should be all over West Palm Beach scanning tattoo shops for Jose Altuve because, quite frankly, I don't believe it one bit. How could he actually think that people would buy that? And the remainder of topics, maybe for some variety tonight, will be... Oh, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. said that the Las Vegas Raiders are reportedly set to offer Tom Brady a two-year, $60 million deal to head west to a brand-new stadium to be the face of the NFL's expansion to Sin City. His market value is set at around $33 million a year, but that might, in theory, be offset. Don't forget, there is no state income tax in Nevada, or Nevada, as I've been corrected. So he'll see much more of that cash from that he would be playing for literally almost any other team in the nation. I told you. I was one of the first to tell you. I was on the air that night, that picture of Mark Davis and Tom Brady ringside at the T-Mobile Arena, service from USC 246. Remember that? Remember when I role-played that conversation between the two of them, where I had Mark Davis asking Brady to come to Vegas and Tom considering it? One of my Vegas sources said that Brady brought a, bought a plot of land out there about a month and a half ago. Can... Boston lose Mookie Betts and Tom Brady. Can they handle that? The departure of the only quarterback that an entire generation of Patriots fans has ever known. Homegrown, wholesome Tom Brady. Do any of us really care? I know Jets fans have been waiting for this day for a long time. Was the leak of the uh, of most of his totally misleading Super Bowl commercial a way to prelimin- preliminarily gauge the temperature in and around the league? of a potential TP12 location, relocation? Or is this a ploy for him to extract more money from his New England Patriots? Oddsmakers have put a return to the Patriots as the favorite, but a move to Las Vegas has the next best odds. The question is, can he win now with that team? Would the insertion of Tom Brady into the roster at quarterback allow the Raiders to improve upon their 7-9 and campaign? You'd have to think, yes. Would they be willing and able to overtake the defending Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West? You'd have to think, no, even with Tom Brady. In any event, Tom Brady always said that he wanted to play football until he's 45 years old. The Raiders' two-year deal would get him there. He could retire at the end of that monster contract at the ripe age of 45. And by the way, I have uncovered a topic that is more divisive than the black and blue dress or the golden white dress. This is more divisive than that airplane video that now has 18 million views on Twitter. The universal DH rule. So what? That's a Gwen Stefani throwback there. What is the NL waiting for? Just adopt a DH rule already. A lanky, awkward pitcher with a bat in his hand makes you want to tune in to watch baseball, really? Makes me want to change the channel, go to the bathroom, get a snack, anything except watch the automatic out that's about to happen and the ensuing multi-minutes commercial break after it. We are well beyond the age of putting pitchers in a position where they could be injured and their multi-million dollar contracts unfulfilled from a uh, production point of view. These guys are too valuable to the teams and to the league. They oftentimes are the faces of their franchises. Look no further than right here in New York with Jacob DeGrom and the Mets. The MLB cannot afford to not market a Jacob DeGrom on primetime baseball, for example, in the event that maybe he pulls a hamstring trying to leg out an infield single or bunt or strain an oblique in the batting cage prior to a start. 
Adding another hitter to a lineup is exciting. It's better baseball, and quite frankly, I'm not sure why a universal DH isn't already instituted throughout the league. And I don't know why Mets fans are so upset about this, because let's be honest, you have not one, but two designators on your roster right now. Today, it's Joanna Cespedes, and oh, by the way, Robinson Cano, that's going to be around to the year 2023. Our New York Guardians got destroyed Saturday afternoon in D.C. But quarterback Matt McGloin gave those that envisioned and those that enacted the sideline interview concept everything they wanted from him. That's Post Malone featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Travis Scott. Take what you want. Before halftime, a clearly, clearly frustrated McGloin told the sideline reporter Diana Rossini that his team had to change the entire game plan coming out of halftime. Shortly thereafter... And after a, a blow-up at halftime on, on his team, he was benched. Is this not, though, what people tune in for? The candor of players that doesn't always come through in the NFL? Specifically football, I'm talking. Was this not a goal of this level of player access? And has your opinion changed about the novelty of the XFL? Or are, are you still into it? I still think it's great. I think... Matt McGloin spoke his mind, and that's the point of those interviews, everybody. If you watched the game, if you actually sat and watched the game, McGloin was visibly disgruntled on the sideline from his team's very first offensive drive of the game. Isn't that exactly what we want all players to do rather than give seemingly pre-planned vanilla answers? I have no problem with it. And of course, if you wanted to talk some New York baseball, that's why we're here, right? With spring training on the cusp, ready to begin. I know pitchers and catchers are in Florida. Position players are either there or on their way there right now. So do you want to talk about the third base battle with the New York Yankees? Do you think Pete Alonso can have a repeat year? What about Jeff McNeil? Is he going to hit 300 again? Is Noah Syndergaard really that number two dude? Is he really going to step up and into his own this year? What about Aaron Judge, one of the most exciting players in baseball? Maybe he can stay healthy. What about Gary Sanchez's defensive skills? That's something I'd like to see. Let's hit the calls. Everything's on the table. Cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan after midnight on The Fan, and he is Marco Belletti. It's WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. Oh, my God. Good morning again, everybody. I am just, I don't know. This whole Astros thing is just... I'm tired of saying the word Astros. I really am. I I just want this whole thing to be over. But you know what? It's not, and it's not going anywhere. Because the more and more that comes out about this, the the mistake that MLB made was not giving, I said this last night, was not giving all of the information right up front. If they had been just up front with every single thing that they know about, put it all out there, let people dissect it, you know, Maybe that would have been the best way to do it, Hmm? to get out in front of it. These dribs and drabs of information, bits of information, and and, uh, this this commenting from every single Astros player on every single thing that they hear and see, I mean, they got to get a little bit tougher skin. Cody Bellinger spoke for all of us. That's why I played it in full last night, that entire quote. So if he thinks... He, he needs to, what did he say? He needs to know what he's talking about before he says it? Oh, well, really? 
Because he also said that uh, Jose Altuve didn't benefit at all by the bangs. Uh, yes, he did. He got like 9% of the, his at-bats had bangs in them. So come on, let's be honest. If you missed that opening monologue, you want to go back real quick, check out the radio.com rewind feature and listen to any WFAM program you might have missed over the past 24 hours, which I guess technically that would include mine from last night. Download that radio.com app. It's free. Select WFAN. Maybe you missed a big interview, something funny, or just want to hear the entire show again. It's easy to navigate. You can pause and rewind any length of segment you choose. Take a listen to an entire show. It's all on the new radio.com rewind. I, you know, I push you guys to that on my social media anyway, but now I'm going to tell you about it. Download the radio.com app now and rewind up to 24 hours so you can catch anything you may have missed. Listen the way you want, when you want. Okay, let's go to the calls. 877-337-6666. And CJ, you are the first call of the night in Mount Holly. What's up? All right, Danielle. You know what? With Cody Bellinger, I think he should basically shut up. Cody Bellinger? Yeah, because I think the Dodgers were guilty of the same type of sign stealing. Remember when Noah Syndergaard after one of the games couldn't believe that the Dodgers were able to get some hits with his best stuff? He thought something might be going on, mm. and the Dodgers could be the other team. Let me tell you something. The Astros might have been the worst, but I think this is going on all over baseball, every team. Well, it'd be interesting to see what this Red Sox report is and, and when that comes out. Like, I thought it was going to come out this past week, but we'll see what happens when if it comes out this week. Because we're going to be talking about this all over again. I know with Syndergaard, you know what? This is definitely a make-or-break year, mm-hmm. as you were alluding to. Let's see if Noah Syndergaard can finally step up if he's healthy. I'm telling you, I want to see his ERA around 2.5 to 2.75. Yeah. I think he has that type of stuff. And you know what? If he's not going to do it this year, who knows when he's going to put it all together. Right. No, I agree with you. And he, he's got it. That, this is his year. This is his year. And he's... Um, Making what nine point seven million dollars this year? Arbitration next year, and then he's a free agent. So you would think yeah. that he he would be you know playing for for the dollar bill. You would think. Yeah, he should he should be motivated. But I think the player that's really going to have the biggest uptick on the Mets is Rosario. I'm expecting yep. him possibly have three hundred this year with a three fifty on base percentage, maybe thirty five doubles and twenty stolen bases. 15 home runs. I think he's falling to have that type of season. And a lot of times it's that third year, then you really get to see what a player is all about. The first two years are usually stepping stone years. And I think we can find out Rosario has it this year. Yeah, you know, Rosario, he, he's interesting. He, he is kind of going to be my player to watch for the Mets this season because of that simple fact that he made such strides at the second half, the, the last half of last season that I'm interested to see if he's going to carry that over into if or sustain it, at least, into this season. Now, as far as McNeil is concerned, you'll bring it up. I don't think he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a great season. I don't see his decline. Remember, he hit every year he was in the minor leagues. Yep, and for I remember. some reason, the Mets kept him down. Yep. But I think what he did last year was no fluke. I expect him to hit 320 and have similar type of numbers. And I hope they keep him at the top of the lineup. I, I suggest maybe two for him, spot two. Yeah, that would be you know, a good spot. I mean, and Rosario also, if he shows it could be a leadoff man, that could be you know, a great one-two spot. All right, but let's get to Conforto. What numbers do you think he's going to have this year? He's another guy. I can see him being a total bust, or maybe he really finally breaking out 
and have 35 home runs, 100 RBIs. I can't get a gauge of which way it's going to go. What's your gut feeling about him? Well, I think that having – see, what I would do is I would put uh, Conforto 3, Alonzo 4, Cespedes 5, and having those guys behind him is only going to benefit him. He's going to see a lot of pitches, and this is going to be his year to prove that, that he is that power hitter that everybody's expecting him to be. Yeah, it's going you know, to be interesting with Conforto. All right, let's get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what? The All-Star Weekend taking place – no one cares. The game is a total waste. <laughs> but you know what? My biggest concern about the NBA as a whole are the load management issues. Mm-hmm. You know what? Do you think maybe if someone's going to win the MVP, and he has to play at least 65 games. You have to have some incentive for the superstars to play. Yeah, I, I, I never thought of that. I think that's a pretty good idea, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're a fan of LeBron, you know, Lakers are in town. Yeah. You want to see him. Right. You know, unfortunately, as a Knicks fan, you only care about the superstars that are coming to town. Yeah, that are not coming, not playing for the Knicks. They're just coming from t- to town on the other teams. Yes, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, though. R.G. Barrett, I know this takes us a little bit of a flack that he's not as good as Morant this year. Yeah. I'm telling you something. When he's able to shoot the ball, I'm sure he's going to work very hard. He looks like a hard-working kid. Yeah, I'm does. telling you something. I'm telling you something. I think, you know, as a Knicks fan, it's, you know, I, there always seems to be jinxed, but I think he will have a big second year. I think the tools are there. I, I think so. And I think, you know, he, I mean, we, everybody seems to forget that he's always, he's young. He's like, what, 19 years old? So I, I yeah, think, he's, yeah, he's got a, plenty of room to grow. And by the way, his team stinks around him. His team stinks. Imagine if they got, you know, some talent around him. The Grizzlies have like 11 more wins. John Morant's Grizzlies have like 11 more wins than the Knicks. If they could just surround him with, with just maybe one or two other players, I think you're going to see a huge jump from him. And you know what, gracious stuff, my prediction is LaMelo Ball will be a New York Knicks and LaVar Ball is going to resurface. And this is going to be an unbelievable circus act, the kind that Dolan loves at the Garden. Ball is definitely this type of scenario with Dolan. Well, CJ, thanks for the call, and I think that that is a real possibility. And I think that um, it's the biggest stage in the world for the Ball family. And yeah, I, I, I think that's very possible, very plausible. But you know, time will tell. We will see. He's a talented player. Maybe if his dad can just shut up and stay out of it, maybe that will uh, will, will help the Knicks. I don't know. But I do like the way R.J. Barrett plays. He, he's he got that look in his eye. Like Kanye West, he's got that look in his eye. Ambition, baby. Right? But, I don't know. Interesting. Tony in Providence, you're on the fan. Good morning. I'm going to talk to you about baseball, but you want to talk about football. You mentioned Brady going to the Raiders. By the way, they're playing the Raiders next year. They're playing the Chargers, the Patriots, uh, in San Francisco. So we stays in. The hardest ticket will be on the Raiders game or obviously Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The United Stadium is going to have the Raiders and 49ers. So we stays in. The Charges are on the schedule. I see. And, uh, yeah, Daniel, just ironic. And I was talking to my Patriots fans, and they're like, you're right. Some of the games will be hot sells. Mm-hmm. He stays or he goes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, I get you. And um, I'm dying to talk about baseball. The stupid idea 
about having the playoffs where you can pick the team. So, yeah, if you're the Patriots or the Steelers, I want to play the worst team in football, Arizona, every time in the playoffs. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and and we didn't talk about this last night. We can get into it tonight. The MLB, they, they're proposing a change to their playoff format. I mean, there's some things that I like, and there's some things that I don't like about this proposal, but picking your own team on reality TV style is, is not the way to go. It's not, it's not going to... Um, What's that word? Make the fans of the game already. It's not going to make them happy, and it's not going to get new fans in. No one's going to tune in and watch that doesn't already watch baseball just to see who the Yankees are going to pick, who they're going to be playing in the postseason. I mean, it's it's, mm. it's stupid. Well, you have to earn it and dilute the whole thing, and um, I hope that plan gets scrapped. And I agree with you. It's time for the NL to obviously have the DH. I agree with that. And Houston should not be talking. And it looks like the Red Sox might not get them much penalty, and that's surprising because they should, because Cora was definitely involved. And I was surprised to name this manager, Daniel, because uh, he, he might be well, short-term because he might be, he had to know what he should have known. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Here's the thing, Tony, and thanks for the call. And I said this on here when I when it first broke that they were firing Alex Cora. I said, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if they brought him back. I know that sounds really crazy. I said this at the time. I know that sounds really crazy. But I think they fired him at the time. Remember I made that joke? I said, oh, well, you think the Mets can bring Beltran back too? Remember I made that joke? Well, if you didn't, I did. And I, I would, you know, it, what if the Red Sox report comes out and they say, you know, it comes out and people are saying, oh, well, maybe it's it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. You know what, Alex Cora? You're welcome back into our team. Don't worry about it. Because did you notice that the manager that they hired everybody has the interim title next to his name? You can't go into spring training without a manager. And I think maybe the Red Sox are waiting, waiting for the ruling to come out, and it hasn't. So they said they, they kind of panicked. They didn't go with with um, Tim. He's a, he's a caller here that he, he was a pro- huge proponent, and I'm sure a lot of Boston was, for Veritech. To be the next manager. Well, Veritech is a beloved Red Sox. Beloved. So what would happen if the Red Sox hired Veritech, right? And and all along they want to rehire Cora. So what if they hired Veritech? People love it. And then they have to say, oh, well, Veritech, you're the only the interim. So, we, you know, we got to let you go because we're taking Cora back. Can you imagine? There'd be uproarious. Not that it isn't already with the, the, the dealing of Mookie Betts. But it's just very fishy to me that they've hired a guy that kind of no one's really excited about to begin with. And then they gave him the slap on the interim title for him. I would not be surprised, guys, if Alex Cora makes another appearance in a Red Sox uniform next season. I, I would not be surprised. I, I just wouldn't. And I'm, I'm dying, dying to get my hands on that report, the Rob Manfred report. Of the Red Sox. I mean, I'm dying to see what exactly that they're investigating. And people are telling me, well, you know, on Twitter, they're like, well, you know, you're talking about the 17 Astros and the 19 Astros, but you're you're leaving out the 18 Red Sox. No. Guys, I'm not leaving out the 18 Red Sox. That report isn't out yet. So there's really nothing to speculate. I don't like speculating on that stuff. When it comes out, we'll react to it. Because what's out right now is the Astros report. That we are reacting to. That we are seeing the fallout all over the league. And most of the position players aren't even at their destinations yet. 
Gary Sanchez is is in is in Tampa, and the pitchers are in Tampa, but Aaron Judge is not there. But Glaber Torres, who, by the way, was implicated in, in one of those tweets from that fake Carlos Beltran niece, remember? He was implicated in one of those tweets. They said, check out Glaber Torres' left pant leg or something like that, left sock. He's wearing a buzzer, too. I mean, cue the, uh, the avalanche of quotes for next week's show. Seriously. But I don't think anybody's going to nail it on the head better than Cody Bellinger did. Cody Bellinger basically said that it's, like, ridiculous. This is just absolutely ridiculous. They were obviously doing things, and the World Series is tainted. And that's a shame that the, the owner of the Astros couldn't even admit that. Well, he did, didn't, and then he did, and then who knows? My God. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. Uh, I have a couple calls on hold. I want you guys to stay there. If you want to get on board, it's 877-337-6666. Cannot wait to talk with you guys. Let's get it going. Danielle McCartan on the fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Good morning, everybody. This is the next episode, right? This is the next episode of McCartan After Midnight, two in a row. And we are jam-packed on the phone lines yet again. Um, You know, for two nights now, because I'm getting so excited seeing these phones light up that I forgot to make my, I have an announcement. I have an announcement to make. My announcement is this. I'll keep it short. We can talk about it if you want. But I think I'm allowed to say it. I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say this. I've been working on something for a couple months now. A little side project here. And it is here at the fan. I'm coming out with a podcast. I'm coming out with an intercom, radio.com. Technically, it's a national podcast. of. Uh, I'm, call- I'm calling it Power Players. It's a pun on the hockey term, and it's going to really focus on um, issues or you know adversities and triumphs of women in sports. And it's going to be um, two episodes a month, thirty minutes. So on your drive to work, you can take a listen. And my first guest is um, the pioneer of of a lot of different things in the sports world for female journalists. And uh, my first guest is Susan Waldman. She'll join me for a half an hour on the podcast. It should, I mean, stay tuned to my social media accounts. It's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter and then on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan too. Uh, I got to put this out, and you know, this week. So we will, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. But I'm very excited to announce that um, through Entercom, I will have a 30-minute podcast twice a, twice a month centering on women in sports topics. Rufo's giving me a thumb, double thumbs up through the glass. So, yeah, so I'm excited. That's, that's something I've been working on for a couple months here now, and, um, and I'm very excited to bring it to you guys. And my, my friend, actually, that's in Las Vegas, as the Golden Knights are on TV right now, uh, she created the logo for it, and uh, it's pretty cool looking. If you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll try and tweet it out on the next commercial break. Okay, so there's that. So, back to baseball. 877-337-6666. Justin in Floral Park. You're on the fan. What's going on, Danielle? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I, as well, do have a podcast with my uncle. It's called Uncle Knows Best. Well, there you go. There's your plug. What's, yep. what's um, up for tonight? Well, this Astros thing is a joke. Yeah. I mean, I met Jim Crane. Um, he came to my company as, like, an extra just to, like, you know, talk crap about the Yankees. But the guy's an arrogant man, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And honestly, I don't even know how he still owns this team, to be honest with you, because I know he knows what was going down. He's just, you know, making that little sarcastic remarks, and, like, he always does – 
So I honestly don't understand what Manfred's doing. He's really making baseball look like a joke. Yeah, I know. Not telling us the whole truth. Yep. And honestly, this guy Jim Crane shouldn't even be owning this baseball team, in my opinion. Well, that's the thing, Justin. When when you own a, a corporation, let's just say, that's worth yeah. as much as the Astros are, wouldn't you like want to know what's going on in, in the day-to-day? Wouldn't you? I would be more apologetic. I mean, right. Right. give me a break. I mean, like that, that had no effects of them winning the World Series or beating the Yankees. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. I mean, give me a break. It, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter who they beat. It, it had right. an effect on the game. It clearly yeah. did. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, listen, the Yankees lost those series in 17 because they couldn't hit the Astros. Mm-hmm. I mean, those games in Houston were like 2-1, 2 nothing. Right. But still, they had an advantage against the Dodgers, um, especially because they hit a lot of home runs in that series against Kershaw. They hit back-to-back home runs. But then again, conversely, though, what about if the Yankees won those games 1-0? Yeah, they would you know, yeah, yeah, be. Yeah, true. Right. You know, so it's just, it, it, you know, playing the what-if game, you know, last night there were a lot of callers calling for the the, the, the removal of the trophy from the facility. It's I don't not, think it's that. not what gonna I happen. Want, what I want is for all that World Series money these players got, let it go to a charity. That these guys should idea. get all the money taken away from these guys. These guys should not get any of that stuff. You can't vacate a championship. It's unfortunately they're gonna be the champs. Yep. But you know, the the Astros slash Asterix, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, and that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, I can't wait. I'll be there at Yankee Stadium in September, yep. banging the trash can, and hopefully the Yankees will knock them out of their wild card because I think the Anaheim Angels are winning that division, uh-huh. and hopefully the Astros don't make the playoffs. Well, and Justin, I wonder how many garbage cans that the Yankee Stadium staff is going to confiscate or not confiscate <laughs> in that series. And there will be no garbage cans safe in the entire stadium, I guarantee it. <laughs> so they might want to bolt them down now. <laughs> That's what I think, anyway. Just being facetious here. Marty in Westchester, you're on the fan. Yes, good morning, Daniel. How, How are, are you, Marty? Good. Yes, I'd like to touch on the third base competition with the Yankees. Yeah. Spring train. That's going to be a very interesting aspect of, yep. uh, of uh, February and March. I think Oshella, at this point, I think he has the upper hand because of his terrific defensive play. I think uh, uh, the only way he loses that job is if he falls off at the, at the plate. But I do think Andujar... What the Yankees are doing with him is good. They, they're going to have him uh, play some outfield, mm-hmm. try him at first base. That, that's going to increase his versatility. And I'm sure he'll get a lot of uh, time at DH also. I think he'll get his at-bats also. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And it is Gio Urshela's uh, position to lose. It is. And the Yankees and Miguel Andujar, you know, I always profess to my players that, you know, you have to learn more than one position. I mean, you can't just come up, you know, through the system as – a shortstop, and then all of a sudden, you know, at the big time, they don't. Well, they don't need a shortstop; they need a second baseman. You got to be able to adapt, and I think that is exactly what the Yankees are doing with Miguel Andujar. And we'll see what happens because they can't sacrifice his bat in the lineup. But there was a video on Thursday posted. It was NJ.com posted a video of Andujar working out at first base, which is cool, well and good, but. I don't know. I didn't exact. I know it's probably his first chance at it, his first stab at it, but I didn't like. Ex- and it was only a sixty-second video, but he stabs at the ball. His footwork isn't quite right, but that's what he's there. I mean, that's what he's there for. He's at practice working on that. So you know, I, I don't doubt that he's going to be able to do it. I mean, if Peter Alonso turned into a, a, I don't even want to use the word quite finesse first baseman, but, you know, he turned into a formidable defensive first baseman at the major league level. I mean, he did win awards for his defense at the at the minor league level that no one talks about, except for me. I've talked about it. I've talked about it when it happened. But if he can do it, if he can make a make it in the in the big leagues after all those concerns, then, 
you know, Andujar's an athlete. He could do it too. But the moral of the story being, if you play more than one position, you're obviously going to get a better chance to get inserted into that lineup. And that's exactly what the Yankees are doing with Andujar. And, you know, he could be that sort of kind of utility man. He could be in the lineup every day almost. If you got to give Glaber Torres a day off at shortstop, put Urshela at shortstop, put Andujar at third. I mean, the Yankees, the Yankees, if they have one thing this season, the Yankees have options. Let's go to Patrick in Nor, is it Norwich, Connecticut? Yeah. What's up, Patrick? Hey, how you doing? Um, I just um, was curious. Um, I, I've heard a lot of the baseball things, so I was trying to like see if I could uh, switch to uh, basketball real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, I, I'm a um, not a lifelong fan of the Nets, but um, I'm a huge Nets fan. If that makes sense. Um, well, the New Jersey but, Nets or the uh, Brooklyn Nets, or both. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> both. Um, I, I started as a uh, Jason Kidd fan. Yeah. Um, and then I switched, uh, obviously, when they moved. Mm-hmm. But uh, my question is, um, when if Katie comes back to his, like, at least, like, let's say 95%, because coming back from Achilles is, like, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's say um, Katie comes back and with um, Kyrie and the supporting cast they have, mm-hmm. would that make them more of a favorite in the East? Because considering the fact that Katie and Kyrie both have rings. I don't know if I would use the word favorite. I would probably go with playoff team. Definite. I wouldn't go favorite. In the East, I mean, look at the Bucks. Look at the Raptors. I mean, these teams, the, the Bucks have a single digit. They have eight losses on the season. Eight. The Nets have 28. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't go favorite. I would go definitely, definite playoff contender for sure. Yeah, well, the reason I um, say contender is because um, also, um, even though the Bucks um, made it far, so um, they have a good record, mm-hmm. but last year they were pretty much the same, and they still got beat by the Raptors. Um, so with KD having that um, championship experience, and also I still feel like he's the best player in the world. But um, I, I just feel like with the supporting cast that he has in Brooklyn with um, LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like um, they have like a not a deeper team, but I feel like they have a team that could actually compete in the East. Well, you know what? Um, it's just it's it's how those guys all play together. It's like how do those pieces fall together? Sometimes you know you can have individ- the best individual talent on the world on any team, but sometimes they don't work together. So I, I am very interested in that Kyrie Irving Spencer Dinwiddie dynamic. That would be the first and foremost concern, not concern, but thing to to look at if it, if I'm in charge of this team. Yeah, I could definitely uh, understand that. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I just hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it might go ahead. it might turn into like one of those uh, Russell Westbrook and KD um, relationship because Kyrie is similar to Russell Russell Westbrook, but more kind of ball dominant. Right. So, um, right. I mean, it could go either way. So I don't know if he'll take a step back because um, he knows uh, KD is kind of like a uh, level higher than him. Like maybe like he he falls into the when he was like um, with LeBron type um, feel. I don't know if that will work. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, Patrick. And, and thanks for the call. Um, I must say that, I, you know, my brother grew up, you know, loving the Nets. So, you know, so did I. And, uh, you know, through that. But my first basketball jersey, by the way, because I, I like to talk jerseys. My first basketball jersey, I got two, I think two for Christmas one year. Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley on the Rockets, by the way. Those are my two. I still have them. They don't fit anymore. They're kids large. I looked at them the other night. I'm like, nah, they're too small. I can't wear them. Kids large? No way. But... 
so I'm, what I'm trying to say is the Nets kind of lost me when they when they moved to Brooklyn. But it doesn't mean I don't pay any less attention to them. So I think that, to get back to Patrick's question, are the Nets an immediate, he used the word favorite. Are the Nets a favorite when KD and Kyrie come back, you know, at, at full strength, you know, on a regular basis? No, I'm, st- I'm still going no. Although the NBA, though, is kind of like um, in tandem mode. You know, it's pairs of players that are dictating, you know, what happens in the league. But if you're going to call them the favorite in the Eastern Conference, I mean, if you look at the top of it, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. And they have the best record in all of basketball. That's it. They're 46-8. and eight. And I know that, you know, you can get beat at any point in time um, in the playoffs. You can. That's why you play the game. To say that the Nets are going to be better than the Bucks next year in the East, I just don't see it happening. I don't. And then you got the Raptors to, to leapfrog over. The Celtics, the Heat, the 76ers, and the Pacers are all, right now, better teams in the East than the Nets. The Nets are in seventh place. Surprisingly, they're in seventh place, 25-8. and eight. But they do have some pieces. I love the way Spencer Dinwiddie plays. The guy plays with heart. I mean, when you watch basketball, the biggest pet peeve of mine is when these guys throw up shots. Whether they go in or not, they start backpedaling. I had a girl like that on my team when I played. Her dad was the coach. That's another reason why I hate fathers as coaches. Uh, at not, not at the, um, the developmental levels. That you need. Those volunteers, you need them. But when it gets to be, you know, the quote-unquote big time, high school sports, you can't have a father as a coach. You can't have a father as a coach. You just can't. Because this girl, she uh, took plays off. When we were doing running drills in practice, she all of a sudden had to go get her inhaler before the drills even started. And she would stay out throughout the entire drill. So, um, you know, and she and she used to do with what NBA players do now. She used to never play defense. Every single defensive stand was, was a, a five-on-four. It was like a power play <laughs> every single time, five on four, five on four. And I resented her for that because I was the kid that went in there and played defense. I wasn't the best basketball player ever, skills-wise, but I went in there like Spencer Dinwiddie. I crashed the boards, and I played defense. So that's my little diatribe about that. We are, oh, my God, we're full still. We are still full. Okay, so I will get to your calls. I hope you can hang in after, uh, you know, the, the turn of the hour at 3 o'clock. Um, guys, I, I will get to you. I promise you. I, I always do. I always try my best. So um, keep them coming. 877-337-6666. Hang in there. I'll get right back to you. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. And Sports Radio 66. Welcome back, everybody. As the Las Vegas Golden Knights and New York Islanders game is on Replay in the studio here, the encore um, from that T-Mobile Center, the faithful T-Mobile Center, where Mark Davis and Tom Brady, I believe, had a conversation about, you know, playing football in the desert, Tom Brady might be. Who knows? Rumor is from from Larry Fitzgerald Sr., a two-year deal, $60 million. Would you do it? I think I would do it. And he got, in that game, by the way, Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, is sitting right behind the goal at the T-Mobile Arena. And by the way, Mark Davis has been very involved in the Las Vegas professional sports scene. And not just 
men's sports. He actually goes courtside and sits courtside at every single Las Vegas Aces game that he can. So Mark Davis, pretty cool owner, I'd say. Very visible, very out and about sort of kind of owner. I like that. Coming up later today, or later today, later this hour, I should say, we've got Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 in Houston, the flagship home of the Houston Astros. Don't worry, guys. I will leave no stone unturned with him. You have my word. And have you guys seen that video? 30,000 of you have. The Mets tweeted out a video of uh, Noah Syndergaard wearing his jersey this time, tossing a bunch of jerseys to his pitchers that are shirtless, coming over to pick them up to put them back on after practice is over. Why is that, you ask? What's the whole thing about the shirts and no shirts? Well, the shirtless Syndergaard trend is, um, you know, in response to the Astros cheating scandal. Basically trying to state a fact that, look, we're not wearing any wires. Check us. All right, let's head back to the phones. 877-337-6666. They are jam-packed. Let's go Max in Rockville Center. Thanks for hanging on. Hey, how's it going? Um, I, I, was, I was listening to you the other day when you were talking about uh, Garrett Cole, you know, his response to the whole scandal. And i got to tell you, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean... You know, it's proven that they cheated in 2017. It's the same people running the organization. I mean, you have Kurt Suzuki. I don't know if you're, yes, you know, heard I about saw. him. He, yep. he, he um, you know, he he said it's 100% he was hearing the whistles. So, I mean, he's 100%. But Garrett Cole, who's on the team in the dugout every game, you know, he doesn't know anything. It's, it's ridiculous. It's almost like as a Yankee fan, you know, I know he's a great pitcher, but we're giving this guy $300 million. I mean, you know, there's plenty of other great pitchers. We could win with Adam almost. And then you got Carlos Correa saying that, you know, they earned the championship. I know. Proven they cheated. I know. I mean, what is ridiculous. What, what world is he living in? Like, what alternate universe is he living in to make that comment? <laughs> I know. Uh, but the thing, and he, he just hung up. Max, he hung up. Uh, but the thing with the Garrett Cole thing, I mean, listen. Everybody knew. I mean, the general manager knew what was going on, and he's not even in the dugout on a daily basis, okay? There's no way that Garrett Cole didn't know. Okay, let's just put it out there. There's no way that he he didn't know that it was going on. He knew it was going on. He didn't try to stop it. He was what we call a bystander. He was a bystander. He was not an upstander. But the other flip side of that is, okay, he didn't stop it. Okay, that's that's bad. None of them stopped it. Not even the manager. Not even the general manager. And I and I think that the owner did know what was going on. I happen to think that. But he didn't stop it. But he also didn't really directly benefit by it. I know it could have resulted in more run production. But he wasn't up there with a bat in his hand getting the bangs on the garbage cans. He wasn't up there at bat seemingly with buzzers on his bat or in his pocket or whatever. So in that case... In that sense, I, you got to let him off the hook in that sense because he wasn't a direct beneficiary of it in the sense of him in a batter's box, listening and hearing. You know? So, but when when he says he didn't hear it, I, I just find that very hard to believe. Emmanuel, in the great state of New Jersey, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? What's up? You know, I've actually been thinking a lot about baseball lately in terms of you know, I, I grew up, I'm 32 years old, so I grew up during the steroid era. Mm-hmm. And now with this new thing coming out, 
it's really making me feel like, and I don't know if you agree with me, but it's making me feel like baseball has always been a dirty sport. There's, there's always, you know, the Black Sox in the 20s and then the spitballs, and there's always been something in the game of baseball where, where someone's trying to get an edge. I don't know. Because like, well, as you're talking, I, I was just thinking about, you know, other sports. Basketball, you don't hear anything about because uh, do they even have steroid testing in basketball? I don't know. But then I, my they next. Do. My I ne- think they do, but, but it's not really like. Enforced. They, they don't really care. Uh, right. Yeah. Like. Right. So then my next thought was football. Like, all right, well, what about football? Gaining an edge in football. Then I immediately went to the Patriots. Spygate. They just had that, that guy kicked out of the press box this year for recording. Absolutely. So. No, absolutely. I don't know. I'm, but I'm talking about the history of the game. I'm saying, like, yeah. you know, it's it's our it's America's pastime. It's been around forever, mm-hmm. and but it just always seems like something's always been, you know, everybody's always been trying to get an edge. And and I've been thinking about this Astros thing, and everybody keeps talking about, um, you know, what's a fair penalty for them. Mm-hmm. And something something occurred to me, uh, you know, the the fairest way to actually hurt the Astros organization without, you know, t- talking about players because obviously players change teams, so you can't, right. you know hurt them individually but, but you, what but, they can but, do is wait one second I, i'll let you make the point but i also think that you could you could you could take money out of their pockets i mean you could do that. well that's what i was about to say right so what i was thinking is like how there's a luxury tax right why don't they they tax the the astros over the next let's say five years there's 32 mlb teams mm-hmm. why don't they make them give each team like two million dollars and hurt the, it's going to hurt their salary cap going forward because obviously there's only so much money they, they can spend per year yeah and, and well, it's going to help and it's going to help all the other teams. Well, the thing is, so well, I, well, first there's 30 teams in the in 29 others. But the thing is that okay. I, I've thought about that too. I actually I have thought about that, and I just think that again it would run into an obstacle with the players' union because let's just say a big name free agent wants to go to the Astros and deserves to earn the money, you know, from elsewhere. Maybe maybe a Met want, maybe no Syndergaard wants to go there. Let's just say, just you know, in two well, years, well, they would still have. Listen, there's no salary cap, so they could still do it if they really wanted to, right? right? But right. the thing. But the thing is, they'd be hurt financially, and it would limit them as to what they can do, and it will also benefit all other teams equally. Right. So I actually don't see it. Like, so let's say, for example, if Noah Syndergaard wanted to go there and right. wanted to pay him $30 million, they could still pay him the $30 million, but it would just be, you know, Taxed less money that they could pay other players. Right, right. No, I get it. And, and that's one of the things I, had, I, had, I was a proponent for, too. I mean, it hurts the organization as a whole. To, to implement a higher, let's call it a tax rate on their on their luxury tax, I, I, and at the same time, like you said, it benefits the other the other teams, especially the small market teams. Like let's just say the Kansas City Royals or the San Diego Padres, who all of a sudden seem to have all this money to spend elsewhere. So, Emmanuel, I, I think it's a pretty good suggestion, and I think it's a you know a very um, thoughtful suggestion. I, I think, and, and I think that's... thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, and and now, yeah. now having said that, I still I actually you know even even bigger uh, for the MLB in the in the whole. I think it's time for them to implement a a salary cap base. Like mm-hmm. there has to be a minimum every team because because it's these teams like the Marlins with the thirty million dollars payrolls is just ridiculous. Especially with luxury tax being such a part, big part of baseball now. Yeah. Clearly, they they're getting money from other teams and they're not reinvesting it into, into their their teams, which is not fair to the sport. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. I yeah I think that you know there shouldn't be a salary cap um, as far as you know, how, as how much you can spend yeah. but there should definitely be at least like a sixty five million dollar minimum. Yeah, Emmanuel, that's a very you, know, you could tell he spent a lot of thought on that thought process on that. It's just you know I don't, I I don't want to pretend that I know anything about financials of baseball, small market, big market, but you know arbitrarily picking sixty five million dollars. What if let's just say a, a team like I don't know the Cincinnati Reds you know can't 
sustain a $65 million payroll, then, then what happens? Then do the other teams have to pay, foot the bill for it? You know, what happens at that point in time? So, you know, in, in theory, I like it. In theory, it's a really good plan. In practicality, the pragmaticness of it, if that's a word, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But I did like the idea that, yes, of course, they're, they're not reinvesting that, that luxury tax money onto their players or, or, or into their players, you know, as far as we know. Who knows? Maybe they're putting in international pool money. I, I, I don't know. No one knows. Jesse in Queens, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Great show, by the way. Thank you. I have two points. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing the, the stuff from Korea that Altuve didn't want the, 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 the drums banged for him. Apparently. And all stuff. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, they're all full of, they're, just, they're full of BS, all these guys. They're all liars. They're just a I f- mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I it, mean, yeah. and why, why, why didn't Manfred do a more thorough investigation of all the years. I want everything to come out. Yep. I hope there's some journalist out there trying to get all the secrets and trying to expose this whole mess. So it can, it can like, you know, it can be all egg over uh, Manfred because I think Manfred is, is hiding stuff. I think he's incompetent and dishonest. I have to agree with you on both of those adjectives, incompetent and dishonest. I 100% agree with you. And and I said it right when it you know when it first started. You knew there was more to this story that that he didn't lead on to. You just knew it, and now it's coming out. I hope I hope there's some journalists out there that's going to expose all these these buzzers and all this stuff and whistles and everything. I want to I want to hear the whole thing yep. all went down, so it could just explode on him, and he'll probably be forced to uh, they'll be forced to get rid of him, you know, because he'll 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 look he'll look embarrassed, he'll look humiliated. Yep, and and, and uh-huh. Jesse, I think that's the road that that they're heading down. I really do think that, and I think that you know the MLB is in sort of crisis mode, and I'll explain why. Because how do I say it? If if LeBron James walked down the street right out here, right outside the station, you would know that that's LeBron James. If Tom Brady walked down the street here at the station, even though he wears a helmet on his every day, uh, you know, for work. You would know that that's Tom Brady. If Mike Trout walked past the station or through the lobby here, I don't know how, you know, maybe here, but, you know, what I'm trying to say is if Mike Trout walked around in New York City, no one would know who he is. That's the problem with baseball. They do not market their stars. And the problem with this whole scandal is that Jose Altuve, George Springer, you know, Jose Altuve coming from barely, barely even making the baseball the show to begin with. Jose Altuve barely made it to the MLB. Yet, he's, you know, he's a little guy. He's easy. He was easy to root for. Then you got a guy like Carlos Correa, or was it George Springer? George Springer was the one that overcame a childhood lisp, and it was such a good story, right? All these guys you want to really get behind. These are, are the stars of the league. Yet when the stars of the league are involved in this cheating scandal, even think back, Alex Rodriguez, a star of the league, even, you know, even more relevant to the conversation. How about the home run chase between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire? Everybody knew who those guys were, yet they were on steroids. Obviously. So I think... That is the reason why Rob Manfred is hesitant 
to release all of the information about all of these players that have been involved in this. Because he doesn't want to cut the game off at the roots by implicating its star players embroiled in, in a scandal. You know, that that's what I've, in my heart of hearts, that's what I think. I think that he does not want to implicate these players because they are the driving force for the league. Jose Altuve, George Springer, Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander. You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, that's I, I, that's what I think. I think he doesn't want to come out and say, these guys were cheaters. The face of my league was a cheater. And I don't know if you saw Scott Broches' kid, you know, said that his dad knew this was going on when he was with the Mariners, coaching the Mariners, third base coach. And then in that same comment on Instagram, he wrote that Mike Trout has a quote-unquote thyroid condition that he's using uh, steroids to take care of. Well, that would be like the number one player. That has been swept under the rug completely. Has anybody investigated that? No. I'm not trying to go on a witch hunt here, but I'm just saying the MLB has a, has a conundrum in trying to market its best stars and punishes its best stars. That's what I think Rob Manfred is up against. Morgan Crawls after the break, 877-337-6666 is going to be a short one. Marco's on the update right now. It's WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. Good morning again, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan here with you on The Fan. You know, I was just buzzing through my, my Twitter feed on, on the little the break there, and um, I got a tweet from Houston Media Critic. Um, I got Houston Media after me now. Houston Media 16, and the handle is... They said, isn't the cheating for 2017? Cole joined the Astros in 2018. I, I feel like I have to clarify that because, uh, uh, yeah, obviously, yes. I, I did know that. I'm, I'm, I was saying that I think that there was something going on in 2019 as well. And I think, and I, and I think that uh, Cole knew something was going on then. Um, because, and the reason why I think that is because if you thought about, and you think back to his post-game press conference when when eventually they lost, right? And he had the um the Scott Boris cap on, not an Astros cap, and he he was very adamant that he was not part of this team. He was not part of this team anymore, blah blah blah. I think preemptively he was trying to say that he he wasn't involved in this whole thing. That's what I think. So that obviously what did not happen in 2017, that happened in, in 2019 obviously. Okay, all right, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. I want to try and get you guys in. We're going to do the interview with the Houston Astros' Chris Gordy. Not the player. He's not a player. He's the host of uh, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. And uh, I'd like to get you guys in all before that. Unless you're okay with holding. You let me know. Lenny in Long Island, you're on the fan. And good evening. How are you today? I think I think Altuve is getting a bad rap. Uh, people don't know this, but on Valentine's Day, he sent Aroldis Chapman a card, and it said, "Bro, I'll give you the shirt off my back, just not during a game." Uh, that's what. That's what. He, and also, I coached little league for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and in in a lot of those years, I will tell you that fathers were not allowed to coach their own kids; they mm-hmm. could coach other teams. And I think that's a terrific thing because when your kid is on your team, you want to win a lot more and you do crazy, stupid things, right? So yep. uh, that's what I thought. Also in California, uh, Little Leagues in California are not allowing any Little League teams to be named Astros. No way. That that's pretty yeah, cool. I didn't I, see I that. I read that in the Houston Chronicle. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. 
Mets, well, I think a lot of us think that many baseball teams are cheating for a long time. Uh, I do believe that the Mets got Jake Marisnik, who, by the way, had the highest percentage mm-hmm. of, of cheating pitches. Yep. Highest percentage. Yep. And, you know, with analytics being so important now, and teams bragging about how good their analytics department is, I think the Mets hired both Beltran and Marisnik to improve their cheating department. You know, that's so, I, 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 I've thought about that, and I've said it, and it has crossed <laughs> my mind. It has. Yes. Yep. And they so, had, they fired two scouts too, you know the the Mets yeah. or two two analytics dudes, pretty much the same day as Carlos Beltran, that no How one really talks that? about. Fantastic, yeah. yeah, great, great stuff, kiddo. Well, thanks, Lenny. I appreciate the call. Bye bye. And uh, I, I did not see that. I think that going back to the point about no literally team being named the Astros, I didn't see that. That that's uh, that's that's pretty good. I mean, because guess what? You know, I thought about as he was talking that when I grew up. When I was uh, playing baseball, I didn't play softball, I played baseball. In T-ball, I was on the Twins. I was a Twins fan as a six-year-old for like one year. And then I became a Yankees fan because I played on the, the Yankees Twins, I mean the Yankees uh, T-ball team. I wore number seven, and I was like, Dad, who's number seven on the Yankees? This is like me as a seven-year-old. And he was like, oh, that's, uh, that was Mickey Mantle, but it's retired. And I was like, what does a retired number mean? What, and I started asking all these questions. My dad's a Mets fan, but... um. Then I went to the minor Little League. Don't get me started on that. I think I told you that story once before, though. Minor Little League, I was on the Marlins. But by that point, you know, it was many years of rooting for the Yankees and, and many World Series as well. Ben in Queens, you are on the fan. Morning, Coach D. How are I you, Ben? I promise. Got, it got in at 327. All right. A little off, but, but firstly, let's just say it this way. With the XFL, they got everything they wanted. Yep. With Matt McLoyne. Yes, I, uh, yep. And, and, and I got to see him survive that first meeting. I hope they have cams and what, Mike, though, like, yeah, because that first meeting with the team is going to be painful. Very, <laughs> very painful. Although, hey, the offensive line did him no favors. Uh, dude. And the drops, and the drops. And the drops. But you can't be blaming them for those two. Pick sixes, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the pick six and yeah. the first interception because, oh, my God. Wide you open. had open receivers on both of those, and you held on to it too long. Yeah, I know. Ah. I know. <laughs> Hesitation. <laughs> he who hesitates. is lost. Yep. And, boy, did you lose today. That, that, yeah, he so looked real that, lost out there today. I, I tell people all the time, I don't need reality TV. Sports gives me enough drama. I know. Yeah, oh, my, my uncle says that all the time. Um. Secondly, uh, speaking of which, tonight's slam dunk contest. Yep. Drama. Drama. Lots of drama. Yep. Hey, Was I the agree- Russian judge involved tonight? Oh, <laughs> I agreed with LeBron. It should have been two trophies after the fifth time. And then there, I don't think you heard what ESPN said about it. Uh, I don't know. Tell me. They said that they intended to match Gord- uh, Gordon's score with Jones's. So they intentionally wanted to rig it, so they both got a forty-eight. Oh my god! And I'm like, how is this helping you? <laughs> this is not good. This oh. is not good. You just admitted to rigging this, so <laughs> it's the greatest, the greatest slam dunk exhibition of all time. Oh. May I just be the last and the worst that will remember because you just admitted to rigging it. <laughs> uh, third, Carlos Correa. Yeah, that was great. Because you admitted to the cheating while you're saying, well, Altuve wasn't part of us. 
Yes, he was. I don't know what Cody's doing. Yeah, Co- oh, Cody Bellinger's he, misinformed. Yeah, okay. He, he was pure of heart. Yeah. Dude, we all know you cheated. You just took away everything over there. And I saw somebody send you the snapshots, and I didn't even pay attention to that, about the T-shirt I know. on the Altuve shirt. I know. <laughs> so let's just explain that for the people that didn't see it on, on my Twitter feed. Someone tweeted me this. I, I got to look back and see who it was. But basically, Jose Altuve was wearing one shirt um, up until, what, the ninth inning, and then he changed shirts. or No, he took it off. He took it off. Yeah, he took it off for the ninth <laughs> inning. Or the extra inning, whatever it was. Yeah. 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 Why? Why, Why and, would someone and, do that? And uh, to correct, he's hiding a bad tattoo yeah. that was properly done. On. Good one on that one. You're a millionaire? But, You're going to pay for a bad tattoo? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And finally, let's leave off with the original tweet, your original thing that I brought up the name Ching Ming Wong to you. As a Yankee fan... That injury sunk me because he was having his best year. Yeah, Chen Ming Wong you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. And so on that hand, I see it like, oh, you know, protect the pitches. But then I think of Baumgartner. And I think of Kershaw. And I think of these pitchers that can rake. That could really, and I'm like, I don't want to dictate to them that they can't hit no more because they, they, they love hitting as well as pitching. Yeah, but what if they just were a DH on a day that they're not pitching? I know, I know. That's that's where that's where I'm I'm torn on it, you know, because I I'm one of the guys that likes the difference between the two because it leads to well here here comes that word again drama, <laughs> like yeah. how, how do we plan for this? How, hey, this pitcher's never swung a bat before, you know. It, <laughs> I know. It's it's just one of those things. But Coach D, this week of guarding the goalposts was kind of sucky. Hopefully next week is better for the Guardians. But thank you for the time. And you know what? Interesting topics again because it got my mind going all day as to how do I actually feel about this. And you know what? That's the mark of a good host, man. Thank you, man. Well, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. That's my job. (laughs) Literally, that's my job to get people to think. (laughs) And I'm glad I'm doing it here. James in Spring Valley, you're in. You're on the fan. James? Oh, no. He fell asleep. No way. <laughs> oh, James. And he was waiting. He was tweeting me and everything. All right. Call back, James. I'll get you back on. Uh, Ryan in Monroe, Connecticut. You're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, this conversation's not going to be long enough uh, because of this whole scandal thing, but I just want to say a few points. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this reminds me of, like, the government. You know, if you don't believe what they say, it's a conspiracy. So it doesn't matter what what comes out. You could have videos. I mean, there's videos of aliens, right? Nope, they're not real. Or there's videos <laughs> yeah. of UFOs or Sasquatch. Nope, you're not seeing the right thing. Uh, you know, they're, Manfred is very smug. He, he does, he, listen, he does want to protect the brand. I totally believe what you say. And, and what I think as well, that he is not telling everything. And I think he knows a lot more, and he's trying to protect the brand. And you are, you are the only host, and I listen morning, noon, and night, mm-hmm. that, brought, that brought up Sheffield's son and Brocious's son. Yeah. And I'm sure it didn't take too long after they made those tweets. And I, re- and I believe it because there's, I believe that kind of stuff. I'm sure he got a phone call from their dad. And an MLB official saying, you better come out right now and say that you were, you were misinformed. Mm-hmm. 
because they have the inside know because of who their fathers are, and they've been hanging around the dugout, and yep. they know, mm-hmm. and or the clubhouse, I should say. Listen, I believe a lot of that stuff is going on. I don't believe every team is cheating because I don't, I don't see Cody coming out as strongly as he did and uh, a lot of these other guys, if they really were cheating, um, I think it's a very select few teams that, listen, do I think people try and steal signs if you're on the bench? Absolutely. I, I, I had teammates that did the same thing. But I think that uh, this in-game cheating, I think it was only a select few teams. And you wouldn't see a lot of the MLB players coming out at each other just because they are in that ML, uh, they are in the union. Right. So why would they? Why would they be coming after each other if they were all cheating? That's why I said they. I don't think they were all cheating. Yeah, and Ryan, thanks for the call. That's the one thing that unions don't like is the infighting. And I think, uh, like you just said, that if you know, you can't throw stones at you know at glass houses because you know whatever that saying is. If if you have something going on in your own organization, you would not be so outspoken about um, something going on in, in a different organization. James in Spring Valley, you're back. Yes, I'm back. Again. What happened? Oh, thank you. I got disconnected. Oh, what the heck? All right, what's up, James? Um, I um, I want to talk about this Houston Nationals scam. But it's so crazy what's going on. I've never seen such outrage from from from, from just one particular team. And I gotta ask, out of you know, because everyone loves the villain, and Houston is obviously the villain. Does Houston become the most hated team in oh, all? Sports? They already are. I think they already are. Yeah, all sports. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, because you know everyone hates the Patriots, and mm-hmm. you have the Cowboys, and the NBA. You had Golden State for a while, and the NHL. You had the Penguins for a bit. Like I'm talking about, like in in all sports. I feel like this made Houston the most hated, and I think this could kind of benefit the MLB for this standpoint. Not the cheating. The cheating is bad. I'm thinking because you have a team, the heel, that has a target. Yep. And everyone hates them. So you know every road game, it's going to be hectic. Yep. And you know the viewers are going to tune in just to see them fall. Right. So that could actually benefit major, the, the major, league base, major League Baseball because now you're getting people to tune in Correct. to see a villain fall. So I'm thinking in that perspective, that could actually help Major League Baseball. I'm still ticked off because my Yankees got screwed because of them. So I'm still pretty ticked <laughs> off about that. Yeah, I think but, a lot of people around here are. Okay. Absolutely. James, thanks for the call there. Um, we have to hit the break because right after the break, we're going to have on Chris Gordy from Houston Radio right here on The Fan. Tune in. This is, this is going to be must-listen radio. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Yankees, Mets, and much more. Ed Randall has you covered on Talking Baseball tomorrow morning and every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. right after Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge. Exclusively on The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. New York City, how you doing? On the line is Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 and guess where? Houston the flagship home of the Astros. And he hosts a lot of the Astros pre- and post-game shows, and he is very in tune with this Astros team. So, Chris, i got to say, I respect your courage for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me, Danielle. And, and uh, if I'm being completely honest, I'm actually, uh, 
I'm from New Orleans originally, and I grew up a diehard Yankees fan all through the uh, the late 90s and early 2000s. So, uh, you know, hey, look, I know a thing or two about rooting for guys who cheat when we talk about the steroid use. Oh, boy. That. So, <laughs> hey, just put it out there. I was a fan myself, so just uh, just throwing that out there right here at the start. All right, good. So we got that disclaimer right away. Chris, let me tell you, there are people around this area. I took calls all last night, four hours of phone calls, especially from Yankee fans, and not just Yankee fans. People around the country are pissed. How does Houston Sports Talk Radio, do you feel, the responsibility to defend your hometown team? Well, look, I, I think there's a lot of things that go into this, right? I mean, when we first found, you know, first hear the details of the report and obviously you know, uh, Rob Manfred's findings and, and the investigation and all that, I think a lot of us are kind of taken aback from that and the initial Mike Fires report in The Athletic and all that. You know, look, the first and foremost, did the Astros cheat? In 2017, yes, I, I think we can all come to terms with that. They did things outside of the of the realm of uh, baseball, things that were against the rules. But the thing I kept asking for was, we need more details, right? We need we need more of of what was going on here. First off, in all this, they didn't know every single pitch that was coming. You know, they weren't mind readers, right? They weren't. They didn't. They weren't in the head of the pitcher, knowing exactly what was coming every at bat of every pitch. Uh, I think that's. I, I, think uh, that's a, I think that's an important clarification because. Again, like, if they knew that, they'd be scoring 25, 30 runs a game and setting records for, uh, for best offenses in baseball. Sure, but you still have to put the bat on the ball. I mean, there are sure, guys that have exactly. had a career season. Marwin Gonzalez, career season. He goes to, to Minnesota, and he's stinking up the place. So, I mean, there is a distinct advantage. Sure, but I've also talked with players who said, I wouldn't want to know. The guys that said, you know what, that's going to confuse the hell out of me because if you know, what if, what if the deciphering is wrong? What if you think, oh, this, the catcher's signal right now is, is a fastball and it happens to be a slider, and you, got, and you got the prediction wrong? So I think some guys, and we're going to find this out eventually, and, you know, the latest Carlos Correa report, we hear Jose Altuve allegedly didn't participate in this. I think we're going to find over time that some guys maybe said, you know what, cut this crud out. I don't want to be a part of this because I, I, I want to go up there with my mindset free Instead of you banging on a trash can and let me know what pitch is coming, so sure. But you know, Chris, the reports are you know Brian McCann was one of those you know quote unquote stand up guys, but he too received I think it was nine percent of of his pitches were trash can bangs. I mean, come on, there wasn't one guy on that roster that had zero trash can bangs. Well, Correa came out pretty pretty strongly in this latest MLB Network uh, report to, to defend Altuve. But I will say, for the record, the Athletic did put out there the report that the Yankees themselves used the video replay room to decode signs as early as 2015. That was Carlos Beltran's second season with the club. At the time, MLB's rules for electronic sign stealing were broader, largely unenforced, so it wasn't as big of a deal. 2017, yeah, they have the rules that guys don't use electronic signals, and that's what the Astros were using. So I'm just saying that for this distinction of, hey, there's proof the Yankees were doing this two years prior when it wasn't against the rules, and suddenly two years later the Astros are doing it, and they're being vilified as, oh my God, you've ruined the game. And I'm not just trying to pin the Yankees. I bet we're going to find out in the coming months, years, that other teams have been doing this. Danielle, when they installed these video cameras in these rooms near the dugout, you cannot convince me that the Astros were the lone figure in all of baseball that said, hey, what if we had a guy in the room that went and tried to look at the catcher's signs and see what he was calling? You can't convince me the Astros were the only team here. I separate that from, did the Astros cheat in 2017? Yes. I'm not saying this to, to say that they didn't cheat at all. I, I get that. 
But what I'm just trying to say here is everyone is getting on their moral high horse and every ivory mountaintop in recent weeks to say, oh, they're a bunch of cheaters. How dare them? I'm just saying beware of what skeletons other teams might have in their closets because I think we're going to find out more and more in the coming months as Canaries start to sing that this wasn't just the Astros doing this. Hey, you know, I used that Canaries line last night, actually. So, But the problem is, and I, I see where you're coming from, but I do. But the problem is, all these videos that have been produced online, they're only showing one team doing it. And one team really going for the algorithmic cheating, systematic cheating. So this is another thing I wanted to bring up, too. The Wall Street Journal story that came out last week with the code breaker and all Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. The initial part of that is completely legal. The having a bunch of analytics guys go in and break down film of past games and look at how catchers and pitchers called their games and deciphered calls and found algorithms for, okay, how do they call games typically and all that, that is all completely within the the rules of baseball. And sign-stealing has been a part of the game for decades and decades. So it's important, the distinction there, where the rule was broken was taking the live video feed and then trying to relay those signs in real time. That's where the rules are breaking. I understand having a thing called Operation Code Breaker sounds devious and, ooh, you know, what an evil plot they had behind closed doors. That was all legal. Every team out there is trying to steal signs. They've been doing this for decades. They do it. They decipher it within game when there's a man on second looking in at home plate. Again, all completely legal within the rules of baseball. We're talking with Chris Gordy from Houston's Sports Talk 790, the flagship station of the Astros. Chris, is there a fear in and around Houston, because I've been a proponent for this, that Rob Manfred could potentially open a new investigation to the 2019 team in regards to this wearable technology stuff? No, because in the investigation, Rob Manfred said MLB explored wearable devices during the investigation and found no evidence to substantiate it, including the 2019 season. Look, the the guy John Boy did a great job of, of you know, being conspiracy theorists and finding the banging on the trash cans. You know, he found the video. Well, it's the not a conspiracy if it's true, Chris. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He did a great job. No, but that was Mike Fires initially came out and said this is what happened, and then he went and found the video, right? So right. great job for with him on that. But where I draw the line is he's the one who brought up this whole device thing, right? No one else out there, no one with any credibility has said anything about a, a wearable device. It was this conspiracy that Internet bloggers came up with and said, well, you know, if they weren't banging on trash cans, what if they wore like a buzzer that was taped to their chest and relayed the signs? That sounds cool and all. Problem is... Those things don't exist. Like, if somebody had one, I'd love to see one and, and how it works. And you know what? Maybe you just gave somebody a great idea out there for, to invent something for the 2020 season, and let's hide it and all this. Chris, have you the, seen the Chirinos at bat where that thing flies off the end of his bat? Yeah, and, and what again, is that? the Astros came out. They, they're, they're the guy who uh, collects, I forget his name, but the guy who collects all, like, the ball, you know, like when such and such hits this 500th home run and they go grab it. Like, the guy who does that, whatever it was, Chirinos had hit a home run, and they put the authentication sticker on his bat because of the home run in the previous game. That's what it was. And they even took a picture of it and showed the proof this is what it was on his bat. I get the conspiracy theorists, Danielle, right? Like, they cheat once, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, what would have stopped them from doing this and this and this? The Astros players came out vehemently in the past few days and denied any work. They said, look, we, we get it, the trash can thing. We're admitting to everything. We're putting everything on the table. Even Carlos Correa came out and said, look, I'm being completely 100% honest with you guys. You can ask me anything. My credibility is on the line here. We never wore anything associated with a wearable device or a buzzer or anything like that. Rob Manfred and his team did this full investigation. Emails, text messages, everything. They found proof Jeff Luno knew about the uh, trash can banging. There was not one bit of evidence 
that reference to buzzer. Don't you think there would have been a trainer somewhere along the way who goes, hey guys, make sure we clean out the lockers of all those buzzers, right? Somewhere along the way, somebody would have sent something reference, even just referencing a buzzer. And we never got that at all. Earlier today, you got Carlos Correa with some fire words for Cody Bellinger, whose entire audio I played last night on my show for the simple fact that I think he nailed it. In regards to Altuve, as you know, Correa said, this is the quote, Bellinger doesn't know how to read, is really bad at reading comprehension, or is just not informed at all. Jose Altuve was the one guy that did not use the trash can. Yet, perhaps it's Correa that's uninformed because I fact-checked that, and Altuve did benefit by the garbage can banging. So, where's the disconnect happening? The disconnect on that is the banging happened, uh, I think it was 20, 22 times, whatever it was, during Altuve's bat. But he said he was the one guy that didn't use it. So, wait a second. What he's saying is, they were just because there's a guy banging on the trash can in the dugout, doesn't mean Altuve is listening to it or using it or oh whatever. Okay. Altuve, what he, Correa, and look, I, hey, I get it. I get it. Look, they, they, we can't just associate and go, oh, one guy didn't do it and all this. Altuve, Correa even explained, Altuve went in the dugout and was pissed. He was saying, guys, I don't want to be, a, I get you guys are doing this crap. I don't want to be associated with it. Stop banging when I'm at the, at the, at the plate. And maybe Beltran and Alex Cora and all, you know, the masterminds behind this are going, no, 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 keep doing it for Altuve. I don't know what the specifics of that. I, ju- I can just take what Carlos Correa, what, for him to call Ken Rosenthal and go out of his way to make this impassioned speech about Altuve and defend him, again, at this point what does Correa have to to lose like he doesn't have to do this he doesn't have to go what out does he have to lose he has no credibility left he has nothing to lose I think he has the credibility now because they realized they got caught why would they why would they hide anything at this point, right? I feel like they're putting all their cards on the table because they got caught. Say, look, here's what we did. And Rob Manfred, the whole thing behind this and why the players haven't been punished, and Cray even talked about it. He said, look, they told us when we came in the meeting, you're going to be exonerated if you sing like a canary, like you said. Right, which is, which is the biggest mistake that Manfred could have done. But, but still... If the player's being told that, why wouldn't the player come out and say, look, here is everything we did. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a buzzer, one of those guys is going to talk because basically they're doing it like a police interrogation. They're going, look, your buddies have all squealed on this, man. (laughs) You know, why don't you you admit to us everything that you did? Something else would have come out along the way. And so I feel like, and again, I could be wrong. Carlos Correa could be the most despicable human on the, on the face of this earth. I'm taking him at his word when he says, look, I'm putting everything out on the table. This is exactly what happened. I have no reason to lie to you guys now because we got caught. We're being, you know, I'm tarnished. Our legacy is tarnished. I'm telling you the truth now. And anybody who's covered Jose Altuve, the guy is the, the biggest class act you could ever come across. Now, maybe did he go wrong in, you know, not being one of the vocal guys when this was going on and speaking up and saying, guys, we need to put an end to this. We've heard A.J. Hinch took a bat to the TVs twice. So clearly there was some kind of message there being sent, guys, we should stop this. But again, nobody stepped up and put their foot down and said, put an end to this right now. But again, everything we've seen from Jose Altuve, the guy's been a 300 hitter every year he's been in baseball. It's hard for me to believe that, man, he really needed that one year of, of the advantage of knowing what pitches were coming again 20 times or whatever it was to become a better hitter. These guys made mistakes. But I think they're going to go out and prove this year that, especially Altuve over the course of his career, if he continues to hit 300 in every other season, I think this will be a part of his legacy that I think people will be able to overlook way down the road. You know, you brought up Altuve, which I'm glad, because his first his first excuse for not taking off his jersey after he hit that home run off Chapman was that his wife would be upset. Now, Carlos Correa earlier Saturday saying he's got an unfinished tattoo on his collarbone that honestly looked terrible. It was a bad tattoo, and he didn't want nobody to see it. He didn't want to show it at all. Chris, you've been in that clubhouse, probably during the playoffs, I'm sure, during the playoffs. 
Did Jose Altuve have a bad unfinished tattoo on his collarbone? <laughs> I haven't seen it, uh, but I haven't seen him shirtless in a while. I'm not really going out looking for that sort of thing. But I will say, like, if that's a made-up thing, that's an easy thing to disprove, right? Like, somebody's going to see Altuve without a shirt on sometime in the coming weeks. I'm sure at spring training, you know, when he's coming out of the shower, somebody will be able to see that. But a lot and of time has passed, though, between that game and now. Right, but at least there would be some remnant, right, if it was a tattoo that he had removed or, or whatever. So that's easy to verify. And, like, if that's a lie, that's really a complicated thing to make up, to say, yeah, it was a bad tattoo and he didn't want to show it. My only... Uh, for the for the buzzer truthers out there, Danielle, the, the the only thing I would say to those people is if they had these buzzers on, why would Altuve have to tell his team not to take his jersey off? Wouldn't they already know? Wouldn't they all be in on it and go, no, hey, Altuve's got the buzzer on, let's not remove his jersey? Why would he need to tell them that? So that's the one point where I say, maybe it is legit. Maybe it is legit, Altuve's why And again, very humble guy. If you ever see him and his wife out in public, they don't like the cameras. They don't like this and that. I wouldn't be surprised if his wife is a modest person and says, look, I don't really like my husband having his shirt ripped off on television. I understand people will question it. I understand people will doubt it. But, again, my only question to the, to the buzzer truthers out there, if the players knew about it, why would he have to tell them, don't take my jersey off? Well, I am part of that. I'm going to categorically put myself in that. I find it hard to believe that a guy that made $5 million in 2017 paid for a bad tattoo artist. But, hey, we're talking with Chris Gordy from Houston Sports Talk 790, the flagship station of the Astros. And I guess my final question is going to be on Dusty Baker. Um, he said earlier Saturday that he's depending on the league to try to put a stop to this seemingly premeditated retaliation that I'm hearing about. I'm just hoping that the league puts a stop to this before someone gets hurt. I mean, since Houston hitters like to know what's coming, Chris... What do you make of these comments? Well, I, I think it's a very simple thing, Danielle. If, if people want to retaliate and they want to hit the Astros batters, guess what? They'll take the free bases. And, you know, once the umpire warns them and they do it again, guess what? You're getting ejected. So if guys want to do that and put their, put their, their uh, you know, basically give their teams losses because you're going to be giving the, the Astros free, free base runners on top of getting pitchers ejected, um, sure, go right ahead. I'm sure somebody along the way is going to do it to try to prove a point. Maybe it'll be a bullpen guy that, hey, just go out there, throw, throw a pitch at the guy, and then we'll pull you out. But I doubt starters in this league will be doing that because it's going to include you getting ejected, you getting fined, and by the way, giving the Astros free base runners, which is just stupid because you're, you're putting your team behind the eight ball. So, again, if they want to do that, I think the Astros are going to say, go right ahead and do it. Look, I get it. They messed up. They did wrong. But I also think for them to be vilified as they're the face of this and no one else has ever done it. Danielle, the story came out on Carlos Beltran. The quote was when he got to Houston, man, you guys are, quote, behind the times in sign stealing. Guess where he came when he, when he got to Houston, where he came from? New York. Right. The, so, again, the Yankees fans for all, all want to be up in arms over this. Again, make sure your closets are clean. Same organization that has had steroid uses like Robinson Cano and Andy Pettit and Alex Rodriguez and tainted seasons of the past. I would say beware of what you wish for on other teams because something may come back on your team that nobody's talking about. Well, Chris, I am not responsible for any vitriol thrown your way from any Yankees fans <laughs> here in New York. Uh, you got some guts for joining us tonight, and we all appreciate your point of view. Thank you. Thanks, Danielle, so much. I really appreciate it. Welcome back, everybody, to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan. Coming to you live from Lower Manhattan, Mike Francesa's studio. 
As always. Hey, guys. Did you just hear that interview? The interview with Chris Gordy from uh, from Houston. I think uh, I'm curious to see what your reaction was with him because a lot of you have been tweeting me and, and using the, the, the word Homer, <laughs> that, that Homer Chris Gordy. And I told him, I warned him. You heard it. I warned that there was going to be Vitterall thrown his way. But in case you did miss it, you got to check out our Radio.com Rewind feature because it was a good one, I'm telling you. It was a good one. So go to Radio.com or download the app today. It's free. Not like any of those other ones you have to pay for. It's free. Download it right onto your phone. And then scroll back to, it was 3.40 a.m. is where we had that interview begin. Uh, The one with Chris Gordy from Sports Talk 790 in Houston. And, you know, he made some points, but, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. You know, he he didn't convince me of anything that I asked about. He didn't change my mind on anything. And I feel like that might be your take too. So give me a call, 877-337-6666. And by the way, during that that break, we had two listeners check in. I love to hear where you guys are listening from. One from Thailand and one from Vienna. Pretty cool, right? I mean, those are probably the farthest two that that have ever been tuned into the show. So I appreciate that as always. And I appreciate the calls that have been coming through all night. Steady stream of them. You know what? And you know what? I, we've had one on hold for a very long time. So so let's do it. Let's hit the calls. 877-337-6666. Kevin and Camden, you're on the fan. What's up, Daniel? How are you, Kevin? I am good. Man, that interview was something. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the interview that you just had. Yeah, yeah. Was, what do you mean by something? I, I just, you know, I, it was a homer. He was a homer. I'm just going to, he was, I mean, he, he said nothing that convinced me otherwise. Yeah. But um, I want to talk about Altuve and Correa. Sure. Um, I just, you know, Carlos better hope that Altuve is innocent because if he's banking on, you know, Altuve, if he's banking on Altuve to, uh, to be honest, and if, and if he's online, that will damage Correa's legacy. Oh, I, isn't, I, it, isn't it already damaged? I mean, come on. It kind of is. But I called you a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I forget, I forget what day it was, but I told you this was a bad day for Puerto Rican baseball. Yeah, and I remember that it, call, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, just got, it's just gotten a lot worse. Yeah. And, you know, Carlos, I, I really, really respected him. I, I, now I, I don't know if I do. I don't know, you know, but Beltran, Cora, and now Correa. I mean, it's just, and I'm Puerto Rican, like I said, mm-hmm. but this is just very emotional for me. But I'm a little offended, though, because, like, really, like, Puerto, Puerto Ricans, you know, they, they grew up with baseball. It's in the island. This is what they're supposed to know. Like, you know, it's supposed to be second nature, and they do this. Now, nah, this is just bad. And as far as Mr. Altuve, well, the tattoo, well, I don't buy that for a second, but. And Kevin, thanks for the call and thanks for holding. I always appreciate that. Now, the other thing I, that has surfaced just tonight, I wish I would have known about this, uh, bef- you know, as the interview um, was going on. But I, I, did you guys see what John Boy tweeted? See, I have a pr- proposition here. My proposition is that players should not be allowed to go freely back and forth between the dugout and the clubhouse. I think to sort of sort of mitigate a lot of this stuff. I think that I think that players should have to either just stay in the dugout or there's usually a bathroom right over there uh, out you know off the dugout. That's it. Because you got Jose Altuve in that game 
versus the Yankees. And I'm trying, it's a little blurry on the on the picture that John Boy tweeted, but in the earlier innings, we could say, there's Jose Altuve wearing a, a dark blue t-shirt underneath his jersey. And there's like three snapshots of it, I guess, at three different junctures of the game. Or two, at least. And then as he's rounding the bases to come home on that same game, he's wearing no shirt underneath. And actually, the top button or two is unbuttoned. Why did he take it off? Why would he take that off? I mean, I haven't been there yet, but isn't Minute Maid Park, isn't isn't that temperature controlled, I believe? So you couldn't blame it on a fluctuation of temperature. So... I think that's a little suspicious, if you ask me. And then he unloads on that home run on Aroldis Chapman and that, that smile from Aroldis Chapman, guys. I'm telling you, I told you when it happened that he knew something was up. He knew that no matter what he threw, Jose Altuve knew what was coming. And by the way, um, I haven't studied it just as much, but if you go on the Fangraphs website, they actually chart. They take the data from... I forget the other one. It's cheatingscandal.com or whatever, signstealingscandal.com. They take that data and they input it into some sort of different algorithm. And they actually came up with high, you know, when did the bangs occur in high impact position, uh, you know, high impact junctures of the game, medium impact junctures of the game, or low impact junctures of the game. So I haven't gotten yet a chance to study that, but I will. But in case you were curious, um, someone did extrapolate that data too. We live in a data world, an information universe. I'm not sure why Rob Manfred didn't think that the rest of this investigation and the, the, the details of this are going to stay hidden forever. Ralph in Cliffside Park, you're on the fan. I didn't know you guys were down by Battery Park because I'm babysitting my daughter's dog. I'm right on Rector Street. I should have bought you a coffee. Oh, man. I, so I take the dog out the other day, and guess who's in front of me? Mark Malus is parking his car. <laughs> he says, so I just want to talk about the off that craziness because I can't deal with that drama. I want A-Rod to buy the Mets. You I know what? It's, yeah. It's the to my pain, Daniel. I think let's get somebody with knowledge. Though. Somebody, you know, like you that has knowledge of the team, not a money bagger, you know, that we've gone through this pain with the Wilpons for years and things have gone hell you, to hell. You know, I was thinking What do you about think that? about Yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking of that on my drive-in, actually, tonight, and I said to myself, you know what? A-Rod would probably be a really good manager, but obviously yeah. he can't afford – I mean, owner, I should say. He he right. obviously can't afford the team on his own, so he's going to need some some help. Partners, sure. But will those partners be willing to give A-Rod, let's say, most of the control? That That's yeah. what I was thinking about driving in before. We, should, we need to have a win to change. This is – at least give it a shot because these guys, they're just – you know, I'm a guy that's been – volunteering all my life and coaching and stuff like that. Yeah. Give a guy, I mean, you know the game. Give a guy that knows the game and he can deal with things that he's been around, he's been down, now he's thinking about that. Let him get partners. I'm good with that. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine, Daniel. Ralph, thanks for the call. Imagine that. A guy that has been disgraced by this steroid scandal, right, is now maybe posturing to own an MLB team. I mean – just think about that trajectory. But listen, A-Rod cares about the game of baseball. I mean, you see it. You could just feel it when he does the broadcasts and he's around the game. He's mentoring young players like like Glaber Torres. And, you know, he, he has a feel for the game. 
He knows it. And although Jeff Wilpon thinks he knows baseball, he he he, he really he doesn't know it to the level A Rod does. I can I could assure you of that. So A Rod obviously can't afford it by himself. Would need partners. The dichotomy would be which partners. I mean, it's millions of dollars. If you're putting in in millions of dollars into into something, into an investment, then I, I wouldn't. If it was me, I, I wouldn't want to give somebody else total control of that. So maybe A Rod goes in with a bunch of guys that that know the game of baseball through his A Rod Corporation or something. Uh, I mean, isn't he friends with Mark Cuban? Can you imagine that? Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez owning the Mets. I don't think they'd ever have a losing season ever again. And then I was thinking like, well, do you think J-Lo would? This is me on my drive-in before. you think J-Lo would want to go in on it? And she's got a lot of money too. But she's a Yankee fan. She grew up in the Bronx. Would she want to own the Mets? This is me in my car by myself, just thinking to myself. um, All this stuff coming up with all these these scenarios. Um, But it's a shame. I mean, the Mets... They have had a tumultuous offseason. They've had a manager fired, Mickey Calloway. Then they've hired a manager in Carlos Beltran, fired him two and a half months later. They were for sale. They had a buyer, Steve Cohen, this uh, this guy that collects artwork and such. Huge Met fan. Never was a press conference or anything. That was in December. Never, never had a press conference. So that should have caused you. That was that was a red flag. Then all of a sudden that deal falls through. What two weeks ago that deal falls through, and now the Mets are for auction, right? Theoretically they're for auction, and with no stipulations on timeline of control. Whereas the Steve Cohen deal was a uh, a five year uh, handoff period. We'll call it. All of that has occurred since when? November or so? It has been a tumultuous offseason for the Mets. And yet, and yet they have a really, I think, a really good team. You've got Jacob deGrom, who potentially is going for his historic, you know, one of the top tiers of pitchers ever. Third Cy Young in a row he's, he's gunning for. I mean, that's amazing. Two in a row is amazing. And then you got um, Yuenis Cespedes back off the ranch, back in Queens. What kind of impact could he have on, on the team? I mean, if the Mets get 10 games out of Yuenis Cespedes, it's, it's an improvement upon last year already, a year in which he played zero. And, you know, Yuenis Cespedes, in my opinion, is going to be very highly motivated extremely motivated. He lost money on the deal that he had in place. And and this year, he's going to be at the end of this year, he's going to be up for a new contract. Of course he's going to be wanting to play his heart out. I don't know if he's going to be playing in as many games as you you'd like to see him in, but in those games in which he is playing, I think you're going to see a a, a man unleashed in Juventus Cespedes. The Mets have such I mean Pete Alonso. Come on. They have such great pieces that it's just a shame that all that stuff had to happen in the offseason to kind of detract from that and take away from that. So, 
More of your calls after the break, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan, and this is going to be a quick turnaround because he's Marco right here on the updates. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Good morning again, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan here on the fan with you at 423.00 on the dot here. Um, I'm getting a lot of tweets about, about Chris Gordy. Chris, I, I warned you, there are a lot of people upset with, with what you had to say. I told you, it was going to be a tough crowd. And probably the... Uh, the most creative one that was just sent was uh, from Brody at Straight Nasty on Twitter. He has, you know, the movie Liar Liar. Well, he's created a movie poster <laughs> with Carlos Correa um, as the centerpiece with an expression like, "What the heck, man!" And it's Liar Liar Two: Pants on Fire, and it's a, a sequel to the original, featuring Carlos Correa. That's pretty creative. I hate retweet. So if you want to take a look at that, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And another thing, I know there's a lot of calls on hold. I wanted to talk about one more thing. I mentioned it briefly last night, but think about this. Marwin Gonzalez, right? He comes out on Tuesday and says, I'm remorseful for everything that happened in 2017, for everything we did as a group, and for the players that were affected directly by us doing this, right? Sounds nice, right? Someone asked him, were you going to win it all without the scheme? He goes, you're never going to know. That was a great team. Great guys, too. Besides everything that happened, it's hard to answer the question. Well, I went back to the stats, and Gonzalez benefited by hearing 19% of bangs on pitches he saw. This, according to signstealingscandal.com, right? So then I looked at his, his numbers during that year in 2017. He was with the Astros in 2018, and then with the, the Twins in 2019. He had the best statistical career year in 2017 with that Astros team, okay? Making $3.7 million. Next year was a, a slight decline, but not, not, not a lot in all the major categories. I mean, I looked at batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, RBIs, home runs, and, of course, salary. So in 2018, still with the Astros, he's making $5.1 million. And the Twins, you know, they're buyers in 2019. They're like, you know what? Let's bring in this Marwin Gonzalez guy. I mean, he had a down year in 2018, but look at those numbers we put up with the Astros, the World Series team. Let's bring him in. Significant, significant drop-offs in every single one of those categories. Yet, $12 million he made in 2019. Actually, Scott Boris and Marwin Gonzalez and the Twins agreed to a two-year contract with $21 million guaranteed. Okay? That's a guaranteed contract of $21 million with the Twins. Now, my question is this. I know this this is a hypothetical question, but maybe it's worth being investigated in, in the new CBA. Let's throw that out there. He signed a $21 million guaranteed contract. Now, the Twins have purchased the contract of a player or they purchased a player that that they thought they were getting. They thought they might have been able to bring uh, Marlon Gonzalez back to to a batting average of three oh three. Let's just say. Instead, he posted two sixty four. What about a slugging percentage of five thirty? Nah, it was only four fourteen. They got a different player. Marlon Gonzalez was a different player with the cheating scandal and without the cheating scandal. 
one that produces significantly less. So what if they put in the next CBA, if you are involved in, in some sort of cheating scandal and, and you know proven to be a part of it, then I keep saying it. It's got to hit the players in their pocketbooks, in their wallets. Maybe then it'll start to quell this because I, I, the, the, the punishments that, handed, that were handed down by Rob Manfred, I believe, are not going to quell any sort of issue that, that MLB is having. But the players, when they see, let's say, 10% of their salary scraped off the top and invested into either the team or a charity or MLB play 60 or whatever it is, or that's the NFL play 60, whatever, some charity of their choice, grassroots kids baseball charities. So maybe then they'll, they'll, they'll have to uh, police each other within their own clubhouses. Take notes, Justin Verlander, right? Let's go to the phones, 877-337-6666. Vernon in Manhattan, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good. Daniel, I have two parts on how to settle this situation with Houston, and I think a lot of the baseball fans are going to cheer with about what I'm about to say. All right, let's hear have it. Give ever, me part A. <laughs> have you ever seen the, the TV series Game of Thrones? I, you know what? My brother loves the show. I, I don't have time to get into it. I, I haven't. Okay, so we will skip that part. But everyone who's on there will understand. At the end, when they showed the uh, the throne, the metal throne. Mm-hmm. I know that that looks dra- like, yeah. The dragon uh, blew fire on the throne okay. and melted it for all its evilness. So this is what we're going to do. Part A, we're going to take that World Series trophy of Houston, bring in a, a welder, <laughs> and burn that trophy until it melts. Okay. And put it back in the glass case. That's part A. Part okay. B is we're going to give out uh, free giveaways to when Houston visit each ballpark. It's going to be a small little garbage can, and on top of the garbage can, it's going to be a melted World Series trophy. And on it, it's going to have the uh, cheaters never win. Uh, so that's my two things. Well, melt that, melt that trophy. Give out the free giveaway. Now, money is going to come from Houston. What's your thoughts on that, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, Vernon, thanks for the call. And, and guess what? You're in luck because the Staten Island Yankees already have mini garbage cans set for for September third when they're when the Houston affiliate comes to town. So, if you want to get tickets to that, you get your own garbage can, a mini one, a mini one. Staten Island Yankees, September third, I think it is. Uh, September somewhere around there, third or fourth, I believe it's the third. So there you go. Staten Island Yankees are one step ahead of you, but there's no gold attached to it, but you get the point. Stuart in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Good morning, Coach. What's up, Stuart? Uh, Danielle, enough with the MLB. <laughs> the punishments have not been nearly what they, they should have been. Right. And Manfred's gone. That, that's done. That's oh, yeah. We done. talked about that last night, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but what I like the NBA, what they did, rename it. What's that? Yeah, renaming the MVP award. Oh, the MVP award. Oh, oh, oh. okay. I, th- I thought you meant the whole league. I was like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> what are you no, talking no. about? <laughs> no, Danielle. I thought that was a very that was very touching. That was very that was very nice. That was really really good of them to do that because he was an MVP, and on top of everything else, he was a good father and a good all around person, and who made a mistake, and then he rectified his errors, and he rectified it in ways that, you know, a lot of other people wouldn't have done. Now, Carlos Correa, please, you know, shut up. (laughs) 
Enough already. Man, you know, it's like enough already with you guys opening up your mouth. Oh, I want this tattoo. Sure. Like, like you, everybody, he, he thinks everybody's going to believe that? Not happening. Oh, I haven't met one person except for Chris Gordy that believes it. Oh, please. Like, like, like I listen to him. He's like, oh, he's such a, he's like, he likes, he's such a, like a homer for his team. <laughs> and, you know, it's not right. I mean, totally wrong. And, uh, you know, Altuve grabs his shirt, then he changes his shirt. Damn, come on. Get out of here. That was so obvious that there was something there. But they can't prove it for whatever. But, you know, another thing, with A-Rod wanting to own the Mets, that would be a good thing because A-Rod knows the game. And if he brought in people that knew the game with him, that would be really, really good. Because then the the Wolfpons have to stop this thing with the five-year thing. Oh, we're going to be in control for five years. Rip the Band-Aid off. Take the Band-Aid off and get out. Go home. Nobody wants. You know how many Mets fans I know that don't want them around at all? Uh, most, most of them. I spoke 99% to. of them. Now, look, can I tell you something? I go back to 1957 when I was a little kid. I started rooting for the Yankees. Then in 62, I went to the Mets. Believe this, because I like Casey Stengel, mm. the old professor. Yep. And then I rooted for the Mets until 2000. Because, uh, and I, of course, when the Yankees win the World Series, I root for the Yankees. But, uh, You're a flip-flopper. No, Danielle. <laughs> no, Danielle. Why, why I went back to the Bronx in 2001? Why is that? I got tired of the, the nonsense that the, the ownership of the Mets did. Wouldn't go out and spend the money on the players. And then when they had Bernie's money, they did spend money, but on, on the wrong people. I mean, I don't call Piazza wrong. I don't call... And I like the I love the trade for Gary Carter, and I watched Doc Gooden, and I watched Daryl, and I watched them, and those two guys should have been first pilot Hall of Famers until they got oh whoa what we, what do we call that snow candy? They got involved with the snow candy, and they they did all those things wrong. Yeah, and, you know, and I also met one more person, which you think that, which I think you'll think is, I played catch with Al Weiss, and I met number forty one in nineteen seventy four. Wow. You Tom Seaver. <laughs> I mean, when I met Tom Seaver, he was having an off year, but I shook his hand. I said, keep your chin up and keep on pitching, and uh, you always do well by you always do good by me because he was uh, he tried his heart out. Stuart, you are a wealth of information about the game of baseball, and you were on fire tonight. You were like whizzing around the topics, bang, 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 bang. But the one thing I would like to say, and you opened with it, was. Um, that the NBA, the NBA, for those of you who didn't catch it, the NBA All-Star Games MVP award is renamed for Kobe Bryant. Um, I love it. I love it. I love that gesture. Because, um, you know, as we talked on here, like, Kobe Bryant was, a, you know, he made a mistake. I read the report. He made a mistake. But he was a generational talent of the game. And ever since then, a huge proponent of the game of basketball. I mean, the grassroots level with his Mamba Academy getting kids involved. Okay. And, and, and with the growing the game for girls and promoting the women's professional game is huge. It's just huge. So Kobe, Kobe Bryant, the generational talent, Kobe Bryant, the ambassador of the game, both here and abroad, by the way. I just, I, and I told you guys a story about the time that I, I went to opening day, uh, you know, home opener of the Las Vegas Aces in um, in Las Vegas last May. 
and they were playing the L.A. Sparks. And I remember sitting by the pool that day. I was like, oh, I wonder if LeBron James is going to come. Is You know, who's going to be here tonight uh, at the Mandalay Bay uh, Center over there and the uh, event center. And, in fact, it was Kobe Bryant and Gianna was sitting right next to him. And they were taking in the game from, I guess it might have been the second row. There's, You know, they have uh, a couple tables set up. It's not regular seating. And, uh, you know, that was kind of cool. And just, you know, he was interviewed for the local news there and everything. And it's just... You know, Kobe Bryant as an ambassador of the game. Kobe Bryant deserves this award to be named after him. And I'm not sure if NBA is going to go as far now as changing the logo of the NBA um, for him. I'm not sure. I think maybe this might be their way to to quell those people who, you know, sort of kind of think that it should be changed. Maybe, I mean, are, are, are you one of those people? Are you happy with this award? Do you think that's still needs to be changed, uh, the logo? to replicate uh, Kobe Bryant's silhouette. I don't know. Because the guy that's on it right now doesn't want to be on it anymore. So Kobe Bryant on the logo? Who knows? What about Michael Jordan, though? But then that becomes Jordan Brand. That gets a little confusing, right? I don't know. So we got more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. We have uh, Astros on the table. We have A-Rod as an owner on the table. How about some actual baseball storylines of Yankees and Mets? In this in this spring training opening this week, right? Come on, let's do it. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan. Sports Radio one zero one nine FM and Sports Radio sixty six WFAN and WFAN FM New York. Welcome back, everybody. Nice Kanye West little beat coming out of the break here. I'm Danielle McCartan here on the fan with you guys until six a.m. Bob Salter will come your way. He's in the building. I did see him just before. And, you know, you know, we think that this Astros thing is, is going to go away, and it's just it's just not. And, you know, I know we, we, we've been talking about it a lot tonight, a lot last night, but the fact of the matter is the reason why we're talking about it so much is because, because people feel, and players even feel, that MLB wasn't 100% transparent with this whole thing. And then Jim Crane comes up, and he he really butchers it. I mean, we were all cheering him on. Everybody at baseball was cheering him on. The baseball community, when he, instead of just dealing with the one-year suspension of Hinch and Lunau, that he actually went out and fired them. Everybody was like, yes, you go, guy. And then, and then he comes out and does this press conference on Thursday where the best takeaway was, he says, our opinion is that this didn't impact the game. We had a good team. We won the World Series, and I'll leave it at that. And then he says, the next follow-up question, the very next follow-up question is, you know, did it impact the game? Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that it didn't impact the game. Wait. And then someone asked, did it give an advantage to the Astros hitters? He said, it could possibly do that. It could possibly not. Oh, wait a second. Are we back to middle school again? Because if it didn't impact the game, why did they do it? And if it didn't impact the game, why were punishments to the team handed down by the league's commissioner to begin with? Jim Crane, you did the right thing in firing your manager and your GM. Just leave it at that, please. And I'd also love for you to admit that you knew it was going on because there's no way that you didn't. Come on. And a fair assumption, I'd have to say. I didn't even bother asking him because I knew the answer to this question. Chris Gordy from Sports Talk 790 in Houston, I knew he was going to say that it didn't impact the game. You guys are really getting on him Uh for being a homer. So let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. This is a phone call from Queens. What's your first name? 
Hello? Hello, who's this? Hey, this is the New York Apache. Buongiorno, Coach D. Okay, yeah, it says New York, New York Apache on there. What, what does that mean? Oh, well, nah, it's a little nickname. Uh, my guys uh, uh, from the block gave me. I look like an Apache Indian, that's why. Oh, okay. Well, well, welcome to the show. Buongiorno and benvenuto. What do you got? <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, this gentleman from Houston, Mr. Gordy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I loved it how he was just saying it. You were like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, you were like sticking it to him. I mean, you see, the thing is that, you know, what the people have to know about is that, you know, uh, this game, it, it's, it's showing, you know, it's showing the kids, you know, and, you know, you're showing them that, that cheating is, is okay. And it's, just, and, and these, these guys, they're coming out with, uh, uh, I hear a lot and it's, I was appalled that he came out saying, Oh, with the steroids, yeah, like two rules don't make a right. I, that you was know? the first line. I, that set the tone of the whole thing. I was like, okay. You, 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 Exactly. It's like, <laughs> like you said, listen, yo, be a man. Take it in the chin. Okay, hey, listen, we messed up, we move on. But no, you're going you're gonna to say this, and listen, let's get this straight. And why are we making it a big, uh, okay, let's just say the Yankees did do this with, with Carlos Beltran. Let's just say it happened. Mm -hmm. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you guys cheated to win a World Series. The Yankees didn't do that, okay? Nobody, nobody in that clubhouse was man enough to say, you know what? We don't need this. You know, no, no, it's okay, coach. No, you know what? We're going to go with this. It was going to blow up, and it blew up in their face. You know, and, 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 and it's go not going to stop. Nobody's going to stop talking about this. Nobody. Nobody. And this is going to go on, like you said, it's going to go on forever. Forever. Every time they and, enter a new city in this season, it's going to be brought up again. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know what, guys? I mean, you guys and, and the owner. Oh my God, Jim Crane, the yeah. owner. Oh my God, Jim, Jim boy, what's wrong? <laughs> I kind of felt bad for him. He should have had like a, a a speaker over there or something because he was just. And, and if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, uh, when he said that, oh, it didn't impact the game. It had some some he said with the Yankees or something like that. You know, um, I think it came out. He said, "Oh, I heard this from the Yankee club or something like that." I'm not, I'm not, mm. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I, but, I didn't see that quote. Yeah, but you know, it was, you know, just take it in the chin. You know, you did the right thing. You fired the guys. Keep it moving. You know, show, you know, show the people that hey, listen, we're not tolerating this. But you know, you just come up and then you come up and say this thing again. But um, thank you for your time, Coach D. Yeah, thanks, New York Apache from Queens. Um, you know, I think the quote, and I'm just, as, as he was talking, I was trying to just jog my memory there. I think the quote he might have been talking about was uh, the Carlos Beltran quote, maybe, where he, he enters, busts in, this is how I imagine it anyway, he busts into the clubhouse and says, we are behind the times, everybody. This is what we need to do. And I haven't heard this yet because this came out of my own brain last night on, the, on a call with a caller. You know, he asked, the caller asked, what is the incentive of Carlos Beltran doing this? Well, you know what this incentive was? This was a guy at 40 years old in 2017 who retired the very next year. At the end of that season, he retired. And that was his only World Series victory. Maybe he knew that was going to be the end of his career. And he did everything possible in order to make sure that he won that World Series that year. And if that meant inventing the fact that, you know, it's, it's 
they're behind the times in a locker room or clubhouse full of young players, of course they're going to believe a guy like Carlos Beltran. He's like double their age. Like literally. So I think that was the incentive to do that. And I'm not really sure that they're behind the times. I don't know. But what I do know is that the Astros are the only team being investigated for it besides the Red Sox. So how can they implicate any other team? And my other question was, as as New York Apache was talking, I jotted it down. Okay. Is Houston media, like, they're in like, are are they in full-fledged damage control mode? Or... Or is this how they really, like, feel? I think they really feel it because, I mean, what would happen if they didn't say stuff like that? You know, then the narrative would be, oh, even the Houston media doesn't believe their own team. So I think they're caught in a hard—I'm not sticking up for any of them by any by any means, but I think they're in a, between a rock and a hard place. Like, just go with the team because that's where your team is, or do you go against the narrative? I wonder what would happen if, if any of them didn't. Jimmy in Westchester, you're on the fan. Yeah, how you doing? I, I'm calling about the interview you had with Gordon. I, I think he made a lot of good points. and uh, He did, or I, I did. I, I didn't hear what you said. Well, yeah, and, and you got to remember, the ones that's going to be calling you, they're going to be Yankee fans no matter what he say. Right. They're, they're going to disagree with what he said. Mm-hmm. And like he said, who was it that bought this to the Astros? Beltran. Where was Beltran before he came down there? And, and McCann? With the Yankees, I heard Francesa say that um, uh, a lot of players he talked to say they don't want to know what pitch is coming. Is it out of the realm to say that Altuve did not want to know what pitch was coming? That's believable. Uh, and, and as far as Marwan Gonzalez is concerned, he left, he went to uh, Minnesota, he didn't do good. How about Jason Bay when he came to the Mets? and he was a killer in Boston, was they banging on garbage cans for him? Listen, there's a lot of things uh, to this, and, I, and Carlos Correa makes a good point. And like, I, look, to say that it didn't impact the game, it did impact the game. Of course did it, it impacted did. A, did it impact it enough that they still would not have won? We don't know. We'll never know. Okay? It's a bad mark. It shouldn't have happened. I think we need to just move on as far as the commissioner knowing a lot more than he's not telling. Right. You think it's going to be something real bad that he know that he's not going to put out there? I don't think so. Everything that he know doesn't have to come to the forefront. He put out what he thought should be known, and he did what he thought he should have done. You're not going to please no one. I think we need to put this thing behind us and move on, but it's not going to happen. Wherever they go, they're going to be vilified. Uh, rightfully now, so, I, though. I mean, they... they, they, they well, yeah, they, rightfully so. Right, I they fragmented the, the, the integrity of the, the sport. Yes, I totally agree with you. But you think that the Astros and the Red Sox is the only team that was doing this? I heard that Bob Melvin and the Oakland A's uh, contacted the commissioner's office, Correct. and they gave him a list of teams that need to be investigated. Well, then why you don't know, we know that? Why aren't we privy to that information? Well, how about people who rob banks, and the one, everybody that rob a bank don't get caught? It's what you do that you get caught what you're doing. Don't mean that you didn't do it, okay? But, but, and, 
I mean, you wouldn't rob a bank nowadays. I mean, you would. There's cameras everywhere. You're gonna get caught. Yeah, I'm just saying. But like, could, I'm you, just saying too. You know, you're if you're an astro, you know you're gonna get caught. I, I just don't understand how they didn't think they were gonna get they figured out. I, that's the thing that puzzles me. How did they figure that they can do something like this and not get caught? They seem to be, uh, you know, more intelligent than that. But as far as the Astros is concerned, I wouldn't count them out again as being a team to reckon with. If you look at this team, they got some talent on that team. Look at the first seven batters that they have. I mean, they're not going to be a pushover. As Altuve said, we're going to be in the World Series again. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Tony, uh, Jimmy, I'm sorry. Jimmy, I, uh, I would think that you have to see. I mean, you'd have to see what the impact of uh, – that bat banging does to that team. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're going to be back in the World Series. I mean, for that reason, because people are going to be scrutinizing every single thing that they do. Number one, and number two, they lost Garrett Cole, who was a, a Cy Young finalist. I mean, they lost Garrett Cole to guess who? Not just any old team. Not not the Royals. To the Yankees. That is the reason why the Astros won't see the World Series. Sorry to tell you. And, and the integrity of the game is compromised. And I have one l- question. My main question is this. Rob Manfred puts out that letter, right? Where has he been since then? Where has he been since then? The last you saw of him, he was doing a stadium tour of uh, the Texas Rangers new stadium. That was the last you saw of him. Where is he? Okay, let's Rob Manfred put an end to all this now so that we could stop talking about this and start talking about real baseball on Sports Radio in New York when we have two teams. We have two teams we could talk about, and we're not talking about either of them. So Rob Manfred, establish a press conference, why don't you? Get out in front of it, and here put all the cards on the table in this age of information because all this information is trickling out anyway. Might as well get in front of it. Okay, and if it costs you your job, well then... In fact, you deserve it. Let's hit more more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Get aboard to McCartan in the midnight. We're heading to our last hour. I'm here with you until 6 a.m. here on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. We are entering our final hour here of McCartan. Well, we'll say it. McCartan in the morning now. I'm Danielle McCartan, your host. The past couple hours, we've been talking a lot of Astros baseball. I know. I know. People still care about it. I know. I get it. But again, we have two teams here in New York that we really haven't talked about just yet. But, you know, I go where you guys want to go. Of course, that's that's always been my motto here. Um, and have you been outside lately, guys? It is it is actually freezing outside. And to me, it feels colder than last night because there's like this wind between the cross streets. It just, oh, it just... I mean, your skin's dry, your lips are trapped. We are finally hit winter, but no one's really complaining. It's February 16th, and guess what? You're about to turn on your TV sets, and you're about to see Tampa, Florida, or Port St. Lucie, Florida. And you know what? That's pretty cool. I mean, we have arrived. It is almost baseball season, everybody. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Hey, did you guys see, did you happen to see on Twitter, um, Brian McTaggart, tweets he's probably a a reporter for houston he says a quote from jim crane which obviously we said on here it says our opinion is that this didn't impact the game we had a good team blah blah buffalo wild wings quote tweets that on february 13th and says our opinion is that houston's apology will not impact their reception at away games (laughs) 
Oh my God. So if, if you feel so moved by this Astros cheating scandal, you know what? Go frequent your local Buffalo Wild Wings because they'll be more than happy to have you, I think. And guys, Rob Manfred just needs to stop the nonsense. I mean, he's he, listen, I've been trying to, I hope he's listening because I've been trying to give him outs, you know, every once in a while. I've been trying to give him an out. And this time, the out is this. Put a letter out about the Red Sox and at the bottom of it say, okay, I am now going to have a press conference addressing all of it. Rob Manfred needs to stop the nonsense. He needs to stand up at a press conference, take the questions from the stakeholders, the baseball community. Maybe have the Players Association there. I mean, this this has got to be big. It's got to leave no stone unturned so that we can all get on with our lives and talk about our teams in our own markets. And I have one more question. A.J. Hinch, right? Okay. You heard that he smashed two TVs, right? He smashed two TVs, one TV, twice. He smashed the TV that they were using to relay the signs twice. Okay. With a bat, whatever, whatever it was. Okay. Why didn't A.J. Hinch go to MLB at that point in time? Why didn't he just do it? Because, okay, the first time, he could he could maybe see. The first time, maybe. But the second time? I would be like, you know what? I need I need help on how to stop this from going on. That's how I would approach it. I need help. How, how do I approach this? Because guess what? AJ Hinch, the joke's on him because he's the one without the job. Even Jeff Luno. But AJ Hinch is the one without the job, and the players are getting to play baseball. They're reporting to their their West Palm Beach facility, and, and he's not. <laughs> so there you go. There's a little bit of karma for AJ Hinch in that situation. Tom in North Brunswick, you're on the fan. How's it going, Daniel? What's up, Tom? Uh, you know what? To be honest, uh, if if I was the owner of the Astros, uh, and and because I, you know what I, you know what I would first say, I would say how extremely disappointed I am, and how this is ridiculous, and that it it, I wouldn't say it didn't impact the game. It almost sounds like he knew about it when you think about it. You know I what think I mean? he knew. How do you not? I know? mean, really? How do you not really? know? Because. I know because because I'm being honest. If, if if I I would be livid if I was the owner, I would embarrassed. I would say we have. A, I, I would say I was embarrassed. I would say yeah. we have a great team. We didn't need to do this, and hopefully it'll never happen again. And I would apologize to the teams in the playoffs, and that would have been pretty good. I think it would have been a pretty good thing to do. But no, no. couldn't do that. He had no. to say a lot of stupid stuff. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, real quick on Manfred, he's probably on a yacht somewhere with uh, Roger Hill partying like 1999. <laughs> you know, these commissioners, Danielle, don't really care about the game. I think the integrity of the game doesn't mean anything anymore. I, I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, 1994 baseball was ridiculous what happened in the steroid thing. And I love baseball and I love football and basketball and hockey. But, I mean, uh, you know, if they really cared about the game, they would they would not tolerate this stuff. They'd come out with huge fines. Yep. They would make a big deal about it and they would say they would not they will not tolerate this. Yep. Instead of trying to sweep it under the rug. I mean that's on I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. Yeah. Uh real quick, um you know, I have a solution for uh, first of all, I, I love Alex Rodriguez. I know he had a checkered pass, but I he's he knows the game. He's a great student of the game, but I'm a little nervous about him on the team. Because he might, uh, I'd rather have a billionaire on the team because I don't want him to cheap out like uh, Jeter. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he'd be part of an ownership group like Jeter. I mean, it'd be the same situation. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm not putting Jeter down. I know it's a tough situation in Miami, Miami, but uh, you, you know what's what's uh, if, if Steve Coney's worth 13.1 million dollars? If you're listening, Steve, it's very simple. <laughs> Offer Will Ponce four billion dollars. Say you want control right now, and I bet you they'll do it. I mean, it's not going to hurt him either because he's worth, uh, he's so rich that it doesn't matter. Yeah. You imagine having that kind of money? I can't ever. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Take the cash offer and, and, and go, right? Because, you know, as a Mets fan, I don't want to hear any more about how money stands in the way of I anything. Know. I know. I mean, there's more to, to it than just money. You got to draft right. You got to, you know, you got to pick the right players. But I, I don't want to hear, not in New York, especially in New York where baseball is king. Yep. And you're in the backyard of the Yankees who do anything to try to win a championship. Well, I mean, anything, you know, like, yeah. you know, like right. money doesn't stand in the way. Uh-huh. They'll do it. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't want to hear this anymore. I just want to, I, I want to, uh, if we need a, th- if we need a great player, go out and get them. And by the way, I think the Mets are a good team. I think they're going to be a very good team this year. Have a good day today, Daniel. Tom, you too. Thanks. And, and yes, I think that that's the thing. The Mets are going to be a really good team. Can you imagine if they had money to spend and they had like that that that's that centerpiece infielder or that centerpiece outfielder like you know like <clears throat> Mookie Pets maybe? Let's head to White Plains. John, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Danielle. I love what you bring. Well, thank you. All right, I, I was um, <clears throat> I started out really being uh, against the Astros, but now that I've heard Correa and I start to think about it, you know, he said that. The Yankees in 17 only scored uh, in four of the games one run in three of them and zero runs in the other. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, that I mean, you got to score runs to win. You know from your coaching experience. Sure. And then also uh, with Bellinger, four for 28 with 17 strikeouts. How are you going to win with your three-hitter or wherever he is in the lineup? I don't even know. Yeah. How are you going to win with your three-hitter doing that? You're really not. So And then also, if they were doing it in 19, okay, they beat the Yankees, but they still lost to Washington. Why? Because Washington pounded the ball. Now, you know what? And I'm going to counter that with, I heard that as soon as the Washington was declared, you know, going to the World Series, that there was an outpouring of teams that said, this is, this is how you're going to have to combat that. I see. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean... Okay. You know, well, that. I don't know. It's just it's and also one more thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like it's it's a, there's an incredible bias by largely Yankee fans and Dodger fans. Well, can you blame I mean, them? can you blame I them? mean, but <laughs> really, you know, really it's just and no matter what Manfred does, Manfred does, that's not going to go away. Right. And <laughs> no matter how he explains anything, that part is not going to go away and they're going to still be very vocal. As a matter of fact, when he, if he has a press conference, they're going to find drips and drabs out of that to complain about for six more months. Mm, I don't know. I, I would just prefer all the information to be presented uh, up front. And, uh, you know. I, uh, I hear you. But anyway, I'm start- my, my feelings on it have evolved. Oh, no. It'll probably evolve further. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, I'll tell, I'm going to tell Chris Gordy that, that he uh, – he helped convince convince you, maybe. No, no, I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. So, anyway, all right, love love the show. Thanks, John. I appreciate the okay. call as always. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Um. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know, the sympathy vote for this uh, this Carlos Correa. I mean, some people just want to just squash him, and some people are like, you know what? Mm, this is pretty good. Brian in West Palm Beach. You're on the fan. How you, how you doing? I grew up in Westbury. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if you know Long Island at all. Matt, I play baseball for Florida State. I play for Dick Houser, so I know my baseball really well. Okay. What do and you I'm have? a Yankee fan. Uh, Manfred's got to go. You got The owner's got to get rid of him. Uh, I'm here in West Palm, about three miles from the stadium. Mm-hmm. I ran into some of the Washington Nationals, and we were talking in City Place. It's a shopping center with bars and stuff. And the Astros are very low-key. They're not going out in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm the commissioner, I'd, fa- I'd find the Astros big time, but I also suspend uh, the interview for Orlando on Fox 29, and it was almost like he was joking about it, like, hey, we got caught uh, very obnoxious for Orlando in, in a conversation in the stadium in the Palm Beaches. Uh, I don't like him to begin with. I'm a Yankee fan, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would suspend uh, guys like Verlander and Springer and Altuve for like 60 games if I was commissioner. I know, but the problem is the the moron commissioner granted him immunity, so he can't turn around and do that now. You, you just can't. I understand that, but Manfred's got to got to go. This is like the Black Sox scandal. This is I talk to people that aren't baseball fans and the integrity. The Wall Street Journal had the Astros on the front cover on Friday. Daniel, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. The integrity of the I game. Know. Oh, I know. You know. You know, so it's it's uh, turning on real baseball. First of all, I get sick when I listen to these crybaby Mets fans. My dad passed away, went to Fordham University, played baseball and football. He goes, Brian, New York will always be a Yankee town. It has been and it will always be. I tell all these Mets fans down here in Florida, the Mets are like the AAA of the Yankees in New York. Anyway, on the Yankees, I don't know if you follow them at all. Who do you think will make the team? I read Baseball America and all the preseason. They like this. They like this kid uh, uh, Nelson. They like this kid Michael King. Uh, I actually like the kid, the young kid from Princeton, Mike Ford, yeah. the lefty. I think be, I think he's going to make the team, and he's going to go lefty righty with with uh, Luke Voigt at first base. I just was wondering if you know the Yankees minor league system because they they're very they're loaded with the pitching. Yeah, and that's good for the Yankees. I was wondering who do you think uh, these young kids, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, who make make the team? Right. I heard this kid uh, Nelson and this other kid Michael King could mm-hmm. possibly make it. They were on Scranton last year. Brian, thanks for the call. And I'm, I'm quickly up against a break, but I'll give you the short answer. The number one prospect to watch for me, and I know it sounds like a cop-out. Well, there's two. I'd, I'd really take a look at Davey Garcia, and I'd really take a look at Jordan Montgomery. And Mike Ford, I, I you know, he had a nice hot streak to end that season, and he was he, he was a little disappointed he, make the, he did not make the playoff roster. He was a little disappointed that he was left off it. But um, those are three. Mike Ford, for sure. Montgomery, Davy Garcia, especially in the wake of the Paxton surgery. Those guys are going to be big, I think. We'll see. Okay, more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I appreciate the patience hanging on. If you guys want to get aboard, we only have, what, 40 more minutes to go. All right, Daniel McCartan here on The Fan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Daniel McCartan here on The Fan from Lower Manhattan in the Mike Francesa studio. It is 523, which means we only have a little less than 40 minutes Left of McCartan in the morning. Don't worry, I'll be back next week. Um, same time, same bad time, same bad channel. So you can always 
get aboard there. And, and we'll talk throughout the week, I'm sure, on social media. And, um, you know, I, I was just thinking about this Chris Gordy interview still uh, uh, during the commercial break. And the last caller, one of the last callers got me thinking like, all right, Carlos Correa, I still don't believe him. But the one thing that maybe might have a little bit of validity, you know, remember that thing that flew off of Robinson Chirinos' bat that everybody still thinks is a buzzer? I'm thinking maybe, I mean, he, he called it an authentication sticker from a, a milestone hit or something. I can maybe see that. Maybe. That's it. I'm not budging on anything else, though. <laughs> That's for sure. Get aboard. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. We have one open line at this time, so that has your name written all over. Go ahead. Pick up the phone and call. Let's go to Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. John, you're on the fan. Hey, Coach D. How are you? What's up, John? Great show. Best in sports radio. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, I'm going to change it up, and uh, no Astros here. All right. For the Yankees, spring training, you know, going in, I'm thinking of a couple of things. You mentioned it before. Uh, Garcia and Montgomery, big uh, people to look at and players to watch uh, to fill that Paxton spot and and see how they do. And Garcia, of course, is a a very promising prospect. So how he plays and, and pitches, I think, will be very interesting and very compelling. Um, well, you know what, I wait, think wait John, let, back, me, let me stop you right there. I think, I'm not sure if it's filling a Paxton spot because I think Hap is the guy that will move up into the spot, you know? I think it's more of filling out the number five uh, starter in the, in correct. the rotation. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. They're yeah. getting in the rotation to fill right. the spot that's left. Yeah, right. absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Yep, you're right about Hap. Um, secondly, I think also from the pitching is I'm interested to see if, how Harman comes back. Domingo Harman, he's got that suspension still going through for quite a while. Yeah, he's out till June. Let's we'll see what he can you know, because how and how's his head after that? You know, and mm-hmm. how can he come back? That's tough to come back from, and and he you know deserved what he got, and he has to pay the price, and he did. But we'll see how that shakes out and how they handle that. But he could be a key piece in the second half. And I, I think the one I'm thinking of of any player I'm thinking about more is Aaron Judge, and you know he is top five in baseball, and and I would argue even higher. But you know, let's let's just put him there because I think that's that's pretty obvious, mm-hmm. and he's such a great player and a great leader. Um, but I think from him, you know, we're we're going to be looking for a full season. He's had a couple injuries the last couple of years. Um, I don't. I hate when people say he's injury prone because in, in 2018 he got hit with a pitch on the hand. Right. I mean, you know, uh, you can't give me a break. Yeah. You know, that's not uh-huh. injury prone. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, um, but but the fact is that we didn't get a full season, and uh, it, you know, you know how we can do it in a full season. So a little bit more from him in terms of you know his numbers and and really taking it to the next level if there is a next level for him. And I think there actually is. Um, uh, a little bit room, and I think that really is going to come in the playoffs. You know, and I don't like to assume anything, but they got to earn their way to get there. Um, but I think he is going to be key in the playoffs. That where he steps it up a notch with his bat, uh, his glove, and his arm are always there. He's been he's become an outstanding defensive right fielder. We all know. Oh but yeah, I mean, just a little more on the offense. Yep. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean him him watching him in right field. I mean the the catch probability on the some of those balls that he gets to is like less. It's like one percent. I mean. It's amazing to watch what he can do as a fielder yeah. and reaching over the fence and taking away home runs. I mean, it's exciting. Oh yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, he's a force. And 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 you know what he did? What I love about him is he is so fundamentally sound. His mechanics mm-hmm. are perfect coming up with the ball, throwing yep. through it, yep. over the top with this. You know, he just you know he's got the fun. And when you have when you're coaching kids, there's a guy you can point to and say, watch how he does it, and this is how you want to do it. So that make and of course that's all kind of how Judge is and everything, isn't he? You know what, John, and I appreciate that you just said that, and it just jogged my memory. Uh, 
I, I, I did point to him at one point in time. You know how I did it? I, I saw this video on Twitter, and I, it was during during softball season, and I saw it. And I used to, I send those kids and, and the parents to videos. So they were all on one one um, email chain. I send them videos of things all the time. You know, we worked on. I remember there was one single day that we worked on um, rundown plays, and in. One of the games, that game I think it was, it wasn't executed properly. And I sent the video and I said, this is what we worked on today. Or or the the priority system, you know, and I, we watched, what was the game? I forget what the game, oh, it was a Yankee game. It was a ball hit behind second base and all three, you know, shortstop, the second base and the center fielder all converged on the ball at one time. And then there was no sense of the priority system and the ball dropped. I mean, I sent them that video too. And the one thing that I did tell them to learn from, from Aaron Judge, was when we do tee work, it's not just put the ball on the tee, you know, have your partner put the ball on the tee and just whack it. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, tee work. And I've always told them up until this point was, you know, you're going to work on inside-outside pitches, you know, all that, you know, positioning of the ball in the strike zone. Obviously, if if um, I have the kids move up, theoretically move up, to show that, you know, you would take the ball that's deeper in the zone to right field. We work on that. I show them exactly where on the ball to hit. I have them. We have wiffle balls that we use for that. I said, hit that circle. Do it. And then it goes, you know. And then obviously the ones that you want to pull, you're. I have them physically move their bodies so that the T is up with their front hip. But the one thing that I incorporated with them after seeing Aaron Judge do it and hear him talk about it, it sounds simple. But I had shown them the video, and then I told them, this is what I want you to do. Aaron Judge, taking T-work, practices it like like he's actually in the batter's box. I mean, he, in his mind's eye, looks out into this, this imaginary pitcher's mound, watches a pitcher in his mind's eye replicate a, a wind-up, and then he reacts to the ball off the tee, the stationary ball off the tee. That is something that I incorporated after watching Aaron Judge do that. So I, I'm kind of happy that you just said that because it just, that just, I remember. I remember, and the kids were like, some of them, you, they have to buy in, you know, and some of them are like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, mm, okay. And then I don't know if I should give away my hitting trick. I don't think, I think I'm going to keep that. I, I am not ready to give away my, my hitting secret. I, but I did tell one kid, and she tried it, and she hit a triple that just kept going and going. And she got on third base, and she looked at me, and she was like, that worked. I'm like, yeah, I know. I told you it would. Mike and East Rockaway, you're on the fan. What a day, What's up, Mike? I can call you coach because you were a ball player, and you're still a coach. That's right. You know? You know? And uh, the signal's coming in pretty good in South Kakalaki right now. <laughs> I love when I say that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I'm listening to your show, Danielle, for the last hour. Mm-hmm. And th- this story will never go away. No. Nope. With the Astros, can of worms, you know, you got your hand caught, caught in the cookie jaw. Now it's the Red Sox and Cora and everything else. You know, I mean, uh, enough is enough, but you're exactly right. The commissioner is sitting on his hands. He works for the owners. We all understand that. But not a statement at all. Right. And look at, uh, imagine the Astros being on the road. They're going to get booed from the first inning to the ninth. Yep. You know, I mean, it's it's really something. I couldn't stand the um, the steroid players in PEDs. You know, they gave the sport a black eye, but this is two black eyes. 
This is a team. This is an entire team. Exactly. You know, uh, getting back to a uh, long-time Mets fan. I, I get a kick out of some of these callers that guy before with crying Mets fans and this and that. <laughs> I knew hey, that man. was going to ignite some. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can go to bed with his George Steinbrenner pajamas because the last time this happened where the Yankees didn't make the World Series, that was after World War One. You know, a stretch of, of that many years. Right. You know, where, where you haven't won since '09. It's not. It's not guaranteed that uh, you're going to spend X amount of money that you're going to win anything. Right. And all these scenarios. Oh, what if uh, you know this happens and this happens? We don't know what players are going to stay healthy. What teams are going to prosper? The Mets have a great young nucleus. They do. You know, and I'm looking forward to. You know what I'm going to see now, Danielle. What's uh, spring, spring training <laughs> oh, games, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go to Port St. Lucie. And there was a caller yesterday after I called, and he goes, that guy looking for uh, Cespedes. Hey, I'm not looking for Cespedes. I want to see his ranch. Vero Beach, the guy see- said. Yeah. And, you know, I want to see the animal kingdom. <laughs> and I want to see this boar who I still say can vertically walk up a tree five steps. <laughs> You know, but uh, I'll leave it at that. Danielle, you got people uh, waiting on deck. You got it going on, like I said yesterday, behind the microphone. I'll continue to listen to you, and uh, and as long as the phone's not busy, I'll continue to call. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Every single week, I appreciate it. And Mike is always one of the most funniest phone calls of the night. I always look forward to seeing that. And uh, <laughs> I just, as he, I have a visual mind, so I'm, I'm envisioning this this wild boar of like four hundred pounds, like just straight walking vertically up a tree, like like Timon and Pumbaa from from The Lion King, <laughs> makes me laugh. Eric in Ronkonkoma, you're on the fan. Hey Danielle, good morning. How are you? Uh, good, good. A couple things real quick, just bear with me. Yeah, it's definitely warmer tonight than yesterday. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think yesterday you were asking the who who could sponsor the garbage can thing in the Staten Island Yankees, right? That they're giving away. They're giving it away. Yeah, I don't know who the sponsor is right. though. Well, they, well, here's an idea for a sponsor. Anyone as old as, old as you know, uh, as I am might remember the garbage pail kids, right? So I, it, I, it was yeah. it was a it was okay. a card it was a card sticker thing like a ripoff of the Cabbage Patch Kids. But it was it was called the Garbage Pail Kids. So you know, someone should Google them and like you know find out if they can make a bunch of you know hand out like a bunch of cards with them dressed as Astros, for, you know, along with the uh, with the can. You know. Yeah, I think okay. that's a good idea. Uh, so that would be all right. Anyway. Um, I think it's really ironic how everyone, you know, is um, giving so much praise to, to Beltran, you know, for his ability to steal signs or, or notice uh, things, you know, as to what pitch might be coming. And, and yet, what's the biggest Did you take that right from Brody with? Van Wagenen's opening press conference about him? Because that's what he said. Yeah, right, exactly, right. Yeah. But what's the, what's the biggest thing he's known for, though, with the Mets that everyone hates him for? Is, yeah, striking you out. Know, the curveball in, in the 06, you know, NLCS. You know, just just kind of ironic in that sense yeah. that he, you know, he got caught looking on there. Um, and and the last thing, real quick, look, I mean, I know I know it, it's apples and oranges, and it was brought up, uh, you know, not I don't know about today, but yesterday, you know, people calling up about you know Pete Rose as as compared to this. Look, let's be honest about one thing: he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. The difference with this and Pete Rose, though, is that there were signs all over the place that you can't do what he did, and he did it anyway. There was no precedence for this until it started happening a few years ago. On a, if they start putting up signs in the, all the dugouts and clubhouses and everything saying you can't use electronic devices, 
then anyone who does it should be banned for life like he is for the gambling. I think that the manager, A.J. Hinch, and Jeff Lunau, the GM, should be banned for life. That should have been the punishment from the outset, from the get-go. Well, I agree with you. The only thing is, I mean, unfortunately, I think they're, well, yeah, uh, um, you know, the, the players, are, right, are hampered by the, the, the right. bargaining agreement and all right. that. But mm-hmm. uh, I, re- I agree with you with those three, sure. And Cora. But uh, I think, going, Cora, I think yeah. right, right. And, oh, and boy, when are they coming down with that uh, decision? Too? I don't know. kind of late. Hopefully next yeah. Saturday. <laughs> so, right, right. But, yeah, so I just wanted to throw those things out there, Danielle. You have a great weekend. Yeah, everything, so. Eric, everything that you said is, is definitely going to stick there for sure. Listen, <clears throat> I am a proponent of the fact that A.J. Hinch, Jeff Lunell, Alex Cora, and even Carlos Beltran now that we know exactly what he did, ban him for life. I mean, I, I just I, – I talked about it last night. Like, you would think – you would think that these owners of these teams have, you know, just an ounce of integrity within them at the end of this upcoming season that, you know, A.J. Hinch's ban is going to be lifted. Jeff Lunau's ban is going to be lifted. I mean, you would ha- you'd think that these guys have just an ounce of, of credibility, an ounce of integrity, that they wouldn't go ahead and turn around and, and hire these guys. And, and, and I, I wouldn't put it past some of these teams, really, honestly. I think those guys are going to be employed starting next season. And that's the problem. These guys should have been a lifetime ban from the beginning. From the beginning. And I just, I don't know. I, I that The players were granted that immunity, and that is just ridiculous. You know, how about you just do your own investigation, figure it out on your own, and then punish the players accordingly? How's, how's that sound? But it's just... I don't know. I, I think these guys are going to be finding a job again in their capacities that they were just serving in. And what I'm definitely worried about then, especially AJ Hinch already being on MLB Network, are they going to give him an analyst gig or something? A-Rod owns the Mets and he slides right into the booth? No, we don't need that. We we don't need any more of AJ Hinch around this league. Sorry to tell you. I mean, come on. And it, who knows with Jeff Luna. I hope he just disappears into oblivion. Alex Cora as well. Okay. Uh oh, we're gonna take. Let's see if we can do one more call. You think, John? You're calling from in your truck. <laughs> What's up, John? Danielle, you, yes, John. I got Danielle? you, John. Yes, I got you. What's up? Okay, hey, uh, I told you when I first called you, I quit gambling 18 years ago. Yes, and my my word was, you know, if I said I'm sorry, it was for defense, you know, right, or in my arsenal of you know, alibis or whatever. Mm-hmm. So 18 years later, a week ago, I asked my cousin something, and he said, no, I don't want to do that. I go, I, and it was just something innocent. I said, why not? He goes, I don't trust you. So, you know, mm. you, you never get, you know, it'll never go away for the Astros. You couldn't believe this guy, Korea, and uh, he was one of the guys I liked. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a long, long road for those guys. But uh, if nothing else happens... In time, things go away, but it's uh, now it's a hot, hot subject. Oh. And that guy Manford must say, uh, "JC, what now?" When the phone rings. And, uh, <laughs> but you, Danielle, another Sunday going by, and uh, I'll give you a ring soon. How about those Chiefs, kiddo? I know, I know, I yep. know. I, I gotta and, give uh, it to you. Let's go Mets. <laughs> let's go Mets, buddy, to that guy in Palm Beach, Palm Springs, or wherever, complaining <laughs> about the Mets fans. Go Mets. Cool. I'll talk to you, kid. All Bye. right, John. Hey, thanks for the call. 
you know, John said something I just jotted down. Things go away. You know, I don't know if they do, they go away, but they, you know, they, they lessen. The blow lessens over time. And that's why, for example, there's a five-year wait period on Hall of Fame votes. And I think Eli Manning, by the way, will benefit by that. Um, but I just, I, I don't think it'll ever go away. I just think that as time passes, it becomes less and less um, important, let's just say, impactful, maybe is the right word. Um, yeah, so let's go. More calls, 877-337-6666. It might be your last chance to get aboard for the night. Uh, it is 540, so we are going to head it right, hand it right over here to Marco for the update. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Good morning again, everybody. It is Sunday morning. We have about 15 minutes left of McCartan in the morning here on WFAN Radio. Oh, it's been a fun night. We've talked about a lot of different things, mostly, though, about this Astros cheating scandal. And it is has rocked baseball. We know that. And in both nights this weekend, I have actually uh, talked most about this this Astros call. And you know what, though? It's it's what you guys want. It's, it's what the callers want to talk about. And the callers want to talk about the Astros. We'll talk about the Astros. And we'll head to the phones right now. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard in the closing minutes of the show here. Let's go to John in Prospect, Connecticut. You're on the fan. Hey, uh, I'm talking about Carlos and Beltran, where he came from before he went to Houston. Houston. He came from the Yankees. And he initially came in as a leader. You know, a veteran. He didn't play all that much, but he was a veteran. He was the ringleader, the godfather. And he said, we can do better than you guys are doing with sign stealing. Where did he get that from? He didn't get it from the Mets. He didn't get it from Kansas City Royals. He got it from the Yankees. That's where he came from. That's where he went to. And I'm telling you, Cashman was very smart with what he said, but he was couched with what he said, too. And where Beltran got that from, he walked into an organization from a top-notch organization, and he said, where we can get better. And that's what he did. And I'm just saying, don't discount it, please. Can I can I counter your can I can I give you this? Oh, of course. What if what if this is a man who knows that he is in his last and final year of his career? He goes to a team, the Astros, which are a talented team, and he makes something up and says, "We are behind the times. We need to be doing this." Wins himself a World Series and rides off into the sunset. He makes something up. He didn't get it from the previous experience. What if okay. he was so gung-ho about trying to win that World Series that maybe he, he, he imposes his will on a locker room full of guys that are literally half his age? Okay, Danielle, you got a 50-50. Uh, good luck. Uh, love your show. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. But I, I, until I hear it with my own ears, I don't believe it. I really don't. And if he was really cheating with the Yankees, well, he was with the Yankees in 2014 and 15. Last I checked, they haven't won a World Series since 2009. When he was with the Mets, in fact. So, if in fact there was a cheating thing going on with the Yankees, well, it didn't help him much. 2014, 15, 16, 17. I mean, come on. I, 
I, I just I just don't see it. I don't see how it could be um, how it could be possible. And I think that is I mean, what if desperate, desperate Carlos Beltran gets in there in that in that uh, locker room and he says, "Listen, guys, rally the troops. This is what's going on. Totally false. We need to we need to do this. We need to be a part of this. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that's is it is it that far out of a realm of possibility? I mean, he was with the Yankees in in 2014. They didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> They didn't even make the playoffs. And in 2015, they lost in the wild card series to who? Oh, the Houston Astros. Oh. So maybe Carlos Beltran, after watching that curveball go by in his mind's eye every time he goes to sleep at night, try to find a way to, to, to counteract that. And maybe that's the why he designed a system that alerts people as to which pitch is coming before it comes. You ever think of that, anybody? John in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. You're a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I yeah, uh, I just wanted to call. Uh, I caught earlier you were talking. You were talking about the Mets and saying how you know they they have so much promise and young players, yeah, et cetera. And uh, you said it's too bad they had to go through all of this with Carlos Beltran. With Beltran, with the the are they selling the team? Who's owning the team? Manager, no manager, third manager yeah, in yeah. three months. <laughs> I mean, it's just a circus. I agree, but they, it didn't have. They didn't have to go through that. With I know Carlos Beltran. I know. could have hired Joe Girardi right out of the box. Yep, we wouldn't be talking about this. Exactly time. right. Yep, Joe Girardi was the right man for that job, and they didn't want him. Yeah, and who knows what the, how the Phillies are going to do this season? I think the Phillies are going to be great this season. I mean, Didi Gregorius <laughs> on a one-year deal. I mean, come on, and Joe Girardi running, That's steering good. the ship. Come on. Yes, we're scared. You should be. I know. I tell you, NL East is going to be one of the toughest divisions in baseball. I got to tell you. Yeah, and, and we have we have uh, Louis. What is his name? Rojas. Luis Rojas. Yep. His claim to fame is that he's related to the the Alou brothers. If I hear that one more time, <laughs> 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 no, I just you know I I do like Luis Rojas. I mean, this is a guy that worked himself up and or the entire organization, the same organization the entire time. I, I mean, I, I I like it. He's he's coached a lot of these young players from right, where they came right. from. I, Right. I, I think the Mets dodged a bullet, to be honest with you, in more ways than one with Carlos Beltran. I think they're going to be pleasantly well, they, surprised yeah, they, with Rojas. Well, they, they, they lucked out that they were able to get another another shot, you know, at the at the uh, at the apple, another bite of the apple. There. Right, right. So we'll see. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic for the Mets. It seems to be the the theme every single year, but we'll see. We'll see <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yeah, I've been, I've been a Mets fan a long time. Trust me. <laughs> well, John, I, I know, I know, I know the drill, as you say. Right, you know the drill. You, you know. Uh, you know the drill. I, I get it. John, thanks for, the, thanks for the call. Sorry to cut you off there. Let's go to Mine Hill, New Jersey. Bob, you're on the fan. Danny, how, how are you? Good What's morning. Up? You too. Uh, just morning. two quick things. Um, first of all, anybody who thinks that the scandal is going to disappear in the next couple months, it's not going to happen. Nope. This is going to go through the whole year, into the championship oh, next yeah. year. Especially if the and Astros when, are in it. And when Cora, and when Cora, when they release all the information on Cora, that's just going to open up another can of worms. And I can't imagine what's going to happen there. Now, being a Yankee fan, a diehard, I don't want nobody's trophy taken away from them because the more we talk about it, the more embarrassing it gets for them. Mm-hmm. And we'll get our revenge when the playoffs comes on. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks. Oh, Bob, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you'd have to think that, I mean, are these players embarrassed? I haven't seen a quote of any one of these single guys that has said the word embarrassed. I haven't. 
James in Oldbridge, I have a break at 52. You're on for two minutes. Oh, how you doing, Daniel? What's up? Uh, yeah, I just, I, even if you give Carlos Correa the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Altuve uh, didn't cheat, he wasn't uh, banging, uh, he wasn't listening to the trash cans. Right. The guys that are, the players that are up before him, let's say he, that, that guy uh, listens to the trash can. Mm-hmm. Now he's on base. That gives Altuve more opportunity to knock him in. Also, if Altuve's up and the guy before him gets on base listening to the trash can, now he's on base where he shouldn't have been, that gives him an RBI opportunity. Correct. So in 2017, he should have less. He should have at least 15 RBIs taken away from him and 15 runs scored taken away. I, now, I, I, does he still get the MVP award? You know, I don't know what the numbers would look like, but maybe, maybe Judge would get it. Maybe he would. I bet you he would. I bet you he would. And, and, and this is the thing, and James, I appreciate the call. This is the thing that is, um, I, I haven't heard about it talked about anywhere other than my own show, is is not only the effect of the trash can banging on the batter, but on the base runner as well. If you ever played the game of baseball, you guys, you know that if you're on first, and you would prefer to steal a base on an off-speed pitch. You wouldn't prefer to steal a base on a fastball for the higher probability you're going to get thrown out at second base because the ball arrives to the catcher that much faster. So if you if you as a base runner, at, let's just say at first base, for example, you know that a curveball is coming, you know that an off-speed pitch is coming based on one bang or two bangs or no bangs of a garbage can, well, then you could single-handedly put yourself into scoring position right away. You know that an off-speed pitch is coming, I'd be running. I'd take my chances. Of course I would. So that seems to be something that seems to be overlooked as well, the impact of the base runners. So maybe that guy that compiled all the stats, he could be checking that out too because, you know, I don't really, I don't have time for that, but I can give him credit for doing it, <laughs> for spending the time. Okay, you got one last chance to get aboard. We'll play like sort of like a round robin if you are on hold. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan after midnight on The Fan. New York's number one, sports radio, 101.9. Good morning again, everybody, at 5.55 and 37 seconds, meaning we only have a few more minutes left in my show this week or this weekend. It's been a great doubleheader. I have to tell you, it's it's been lively. It's been, you know, obviously dominated by Astros talk. That's a given. But lots of different perspectives, lots of new material, thanks to, uh, what's his name, Carlos Correa today. I mean, come on. And you guys know that, um, oh, and we can't forget about that interview with Chris Gordy. I mean, that sparked the phone lines, and, and I'm still getting tweets about it. So Chris Gordy, great job for uh, for at least inspiring the audience here in New York tonight. We'll, we'll say that. But, um, you know, we talked in, in the beginning, and, and you guys know that I have songs introducing everybody, and I, I had Carrie Underwood before he cheats, right before that Chris Gordy interview. And um, I had circus music playing in, in my opening monologue for the Astros, like the actual circus top music, as I talked about what Carlos Correa had to say today. Like, the guy can't keep his mouth shut. The guy cannot keep his mouth shut. I mean, the quote, today, we have to take it on the chin. Yeah, well, they're going to be taking it on the chin in more ways than one because you had at least three, one, two, three, four uh, pitchers say that they would be open to throwing at these guys once they step into the into the batter's box. You know? 
so Dusty Baker, that poor guy, man, he he doesn't deserve this. You know, being ambushed in a parking lot by a bunch of reporters, you know? I mean, this thing is just, it's turned into a circus, as I open with. I mean, it's, it, is Carlos Correa going to respond to every single player that has something negative to say about his teammates? I mean, this is going to get exhausting if it's not already. I mean, he talked about Mike Fires. He wishes Mike Fires would just tell the truth. Well, isn't that how we got here in the, to begin with, everybody? Okay, maybe that's how. And then, oh, about that tattoo. Oh, Jose Altuve's tattoo. Chris Gordy didn't have an answer for that. I did ask that. He left. He did laugh. But that's an, you don't notice somebody you're interviewing somebody with your microphone in his mouth and you don't notice if he has a tattoo or not. Come on, on his on his collarbone. Come on. And then I, I you know I tried to give you guys some variety tonight. I I then played Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas because Larry Fitzgerald Sr. said that the Raiders are uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are reportedly set to offer Tom Brady two years, 60 mil. And I told you that that would be a possibility after that picture came out of them at that UFC fight that night. I was on the air. And then we're going to save this for next week because this is a very divisive topic. I played Gwen Stefani. What are you waiting for? Would you just, at the NL, just adopt the DH rule already? We will talk about that next week. We will save that. And Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne, take what you want because Mike McGloin... They got what they wanted from him today at the XFL. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done it without you guys. Love coming here, talking to you all. Great job tomorrow. Full behind the glass. Two nights in a row. Marco on the updates. Now you got John Minko. And Bob Salter's up next. Thanks to Chris Gordy again for taking some time out to enter the lion's den of uh, of Yankee fans here in New York City. And uh, you want to listen to any portion of my show tonight? Get on the Radio.com Rewind feature. See you guys in my normal time slot, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. next Saturday night into Sunday. In the meantime, hit my socials at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N at Facebook.com slash Coach McCart. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66. The Fan WFAN.